What is up, ladies and gentle persons? It's time for the WAN show again. That's right, I am a short king. Yeah, I still don't get it. As crowned by Smosh. What? I know. I actually am hearing about this for the first time now as well. Okay. Here in the WAN show document. All right. But I figured, hey, it's a good title for the video. Sure. So yeah. let's lean into it, and hopefully a short king is not something really insulting. I don't think it is. In other news this week, uh, Microsoft and Google have laid off thousands of workers again, uh, which is kind of terrifying. It's like 5% of Microsoft's workforce or something. Big deal, big deal. Uh, AI art generators face first two major copyright lawsuits, and from a party that you might not be too surprised to be involved. Also, U.S. farmers win right to repair farm equipment, while Samsung undermines independent screen repair at the same time. Oh, and there's one more thing before I roll the intro. We have actually got a not just producer like Dan the producer, there he is, uh, for the WAN show, but we've got someone whose entire full-time job is to make the WAN show better. And this may be, yeah, I know, right? I was going to say this may be the first you're hearing of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she just started, and so she's still on her probation, so I guess I should not have disclosed anything about this individual, because... Um, you never know how things will go. But at any rate, uh, it means we are going to have things like fun new segments. Meet the Wheel of Pain. Okay, so, yeah, I can't read it. Don't there. worry too much about it for now. Right. We will deal with the Wheel of Pain later. For now. I, so at this point in time, I literally know less about that than any of you do. Because I couldn't read that. I have no idea what it is. I've been told I'm not allowed to read a certain part of the doc. All I know is there's a wheel and it's... Of pain. It's of pain. Yeah. No, no. Okay, try again. The wheel of pain. No, no, no. no. The wheel of pain. Of pain. Much better. Got it. All right. Uh, oh, oh, wow, that was weird. Uh, the show is brought to you today by Vessi, Audible, and one that kind of glitched out a little bit there. B -b 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 Forum. Forum. Oh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to talk about and show you. Why don't we jump right into our first topic of the week? I know this is not exactly a tech topic, but it piqued my curiosity. Uh, Smosh, the once popular... Oh, that's editorializing a little bit. Oh, that's not what it said. Once the most popular channel on YouTube... Okay, yeah. Um, ...made a video called... Say they're doing really well. ...Short Kings Rank Short Kings oh. on their sister channel, Smosh Pit. Uh, Spencer, one of the rankers, called Linus the gold standard for tech YouTubers. Oh. Okay, so here, hold on a second. So I'm, uh, I'm going to bring this up. Am I able to screen share with the, with the stream? Is that, is that a thing that it works now? Oh, okay, let's go. Here we go. I think it's clean. This is Spencer Agnew, right? I think, I believe. Okay, here we go. I was okay. in a kick there for a long time where I was watching a bunch of Smosh content. Here we go. Hey, Linus Tech Tips. Yeah. yeah hey, yeah, here we go. Five, six. Yes, that is true. Is it? Uh, yes. Yes, that is true. Come on, I'm not going to lie about it. Are you? Do you get S tier? Does he give you an S tier? I think he's great. He's funny. Oh, that's not... He's niche. That's true. He's niche. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's no, fair. you're niche. Uh, okay. They'd be like, "What the? Stop! Let's let's put Me? him in. 
Let's put him in. Let's throw him a B. I don't know if B makes you a king. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Was that Tom Holland next to me on in on B shelf oh, though? Wow. Okay. Because I don't even, I don't even feel bad at that point. Hold Let's on. See. Let's see. Hold on. Let's Who see. else are we looking at here? Hold on. Whoa. That's Markiplier. Whoa. That's okay. Tom Holland. All right. All right. Okay. All right. You're doing pretty good. All, All right. right. So that's a, that's a strong B. That's though. a strong that's B. That's a strong B. What the hell makes you an A on this list? It's it's got to be pretty intense, I think. What what's an what's an A? Who's an A tier king? Hold on a second here. Okay, let's just wait till they zoom in on the thing. We're jumping to the end. Yeah, yeah. I want I want I just want to see the board. Show, show me the board. I want to see the board. Where's the board at? Oh my god. It is hard to find cuz it's quite short. You piece of shit. <laughs> You know, you're not allowed to make those jokes. You know that's how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. Got him. Oh, see, that's real insecure. Spencer here with the half inch. Okay, for my metric friends out there, a half inch is not a lot. It, it's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth it. It makes you seem insecure. If you have to put the half inch in, you... I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Can they can they show I want to zoom in on the, the board. board. Yeah. Oh my so god. There's, there's a tier above A though. There's S tier. They don't zoom into the board. Oh. I can zoom myself. Danny okay. DeVito. Danny DeVito. Wait. Fucking <laughs> little? That's a fictional character. <laughs> Okay, I don't recognize any of these other people. It's a little blurry. Okay, yeah. who's my A tier? Some soccer player, Mega Man's in there. Okay, what is this? Jesus with a trimmed beard. Okay, I don't know. I don't know who any of these people are. You know what? I am. I'm pretty happy. I got Elmer Fudd up in here. Uh, B tier looks strong. Yeah, B tier legitimately looks strong. B tier seems like uh, honestly, I feel like the A and the S tier. They were mostly just memeing, except Danny DeVito, who is amazing. Yes. And and B tier is like kind of where the solid short kings Apparently go. Apparently Jack Black was an S tier. Oh, Jack Black was an S tier. I mean, all right. Messi is up there. I don't someone said lost to Messi, but they didn't say if it was A or S. But either way. All right. Yeah, that's fine. I'm happy with it. Lord Farquaad. Apparently you beat Tom Cruise. I beat Tom Cruise. That's pretty good. I mean, that's well, pretty good. Sort of. It that's really, a strong B. It really depends on how you're ranking Tom Cruise. That's true. If you rank Tom Cruise as a successful movie producer, um, then he probably belongs in S tier. Yes. If you rank Tom Cruise as, a as runner, also S tier, as a runner, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen him run on a broken ankle. For real though, like he like broke his ankle doing a stunt and then just kept running, which is like, he's actually extremely good at running, like yeah. genuinely, yeah. But if you rank Tom Cruise as an individual with both hinges attached to the wall. <laughs> Sometimes when you're extremely excessively good at something, other things kind of fall off a little bit. I mean, that's one way of talking about it. Um, <laughs> either way, I'm, I'm happy with my B tier ranking and we can move on now. <laughs> Maybe we'll get on the spaceship. In worse news, Microsoft and Google have laid off thousands of workers and this is not no this is not deja vu you are not watching an old wan show from a few weeks ago this is like 
This is like, again, this is still happening. The tech sector is shedding workers like there is absolutely no tomorrow. Uh, Microsoft announced it is cutting 10,000 jobs. That's nearly 5% of its workers. The stated reasons include changes in consumer preferences and macroeconomic conditions. Um, while Microsoft is cutting jobs in some areas, though, they are actually still hiring in others, notably in the AI department. I mean, we've talked about this a fair bit over the last couple of months, but GPT-3, um, the upcoming GPT-4, Microsoft's major investment in open AI seems to indicate that they are laser focused on what chatbots mean for their future business, whether it's Azure, uh, whether it's Bing, whether it's Windows, I think we're going to see extremely deep integration. A lot of, of the stuff that, that Microsoft has openly shown that they care about on the consumer side of things for the last very long time, Cortana, Bing, other things like that, would be aided very heavily by the popular thing in AI right now, which is large language models. Um, so improved versions of that would be extremely valuable to Microsoft, so it makes sense. Interestingly, Microsoft announced the layoffs on January 18th, one year to the day after they announced their plans to acquire Activision Blizzard for $69 billion, and one week after reports indicated the company plans to invest $10 billion in OpenAI. <laughs> so they have money. Interesting. They have just chosen not to spend it on... Retaining workers. So I, I don't have notes for this, so I'm going to say things that are wrong. I'm just prefacing it nice. like that. We liked you better last week. <laughs> when I just couldn't talk. At least Perfect. you didn't say anything inaccurate. <laughs> um, I, as far as I know, once uh, OpenAI makes enough money that they can pay back whatever... Like the, Microsoft's like, investment, you mean? Yeah, the like shares are gone and everything mm -hmm. kind of reverts back to... Uh, being owned and operated under OpenAI. So I wonder if this $10 billion investment is to try to stave that off. Oh, I, I actually, I, I, I have no way I have of knowing no clue. the terms of... I have no clue. I don't remember what the terms were, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like this might be kind of like a defensive maneuver because they see them potentially doing too well too fast. So they need to up their investment potentially. I don't know. Maybe. I know nothing. Moving on. Uh, meanwhile, Google is cutting 12,000 employees, or around 6% of its workforce. Google's CEO stated that following two years of dramatic growth, Google hired for a different economic reality than the one they are currently facing. Over the course of the pandemic, Google's workforce increased by 78,000 jobs. I mean... <laughs> um, That's so much. I don't know, man. See, this is the thing that's so frustrating to me is when management gets it right, management benefits. And when management gets it wrong... At most companies, the employees get hit. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about sustainable hiring. Um, I, I, I think I've talked about this on WAN Show before, but basically the, the way that Yvonne and I forecast uh, when we sit down and we set a budget for hiring is we look at the previous year and basically go, okay, assuming no growth whatsoever next year based on that year. So we, we, we basically build in that we could revert back to last year's performance and not grow at all. Can we afford whatever it is that we're hiring for, the, for, for this year? Is, was that clear? 
So our hiring budget for this year is affected by how we performed last year and yeah. assuming that the following year will be like that. What has actually happened is for eight out of our 10 years, we have experienced significant growth. For two out of our 10 years, we've had what we've kind of called reinvestment years. Um, and that's a big part of the reason that we take that approach is because it gives us the flexibility to have a a reinvestment year where we can make long-term investments that might not pay off for two years or, or three years. Um, I'm expecting this year that we're in right now to be what we would call a reinvestment year. I'm not expecting, well, actually, we're forecasting less profit this year than last year. Um, uh, for any uh, L uh, Linus Media Group, Floatplane, or Creator Warehouse um, employees who are watching, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It will pay off in 2024. It'll be fine. Everything's good. And uh, and if it didn't, we'd still be able to afford it because it's all kind of based on how last year went. Uh, anywho, yep. uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating to me because this feels like such a management failure. And yet I pretty much promise that Google's stock went up this week. Like here, I don't actually know. I don't Oftentimes actually know. Response stock does go up in these situations. Uh, do I have Google on my thing? Oh, no. Oh, wait. Yes. Google stock is up like 5% today. Genius. Um, Investors but, like it when a bunch of people get fired. Yeah, which I... I don't know. Here's, a, here's an alternate way of looking at it. Should investors like it when management is so incompetent that they accidentally hire... 12,000 too many people <laughs> that they then can't afford to pay and presumably whose projects, whatever it is that they're working on, are now stalled. Like, I, I, I just, I don't understand this way of thinking and it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, Ben Mitchell in Floatplane Chat says, uh, Google stock went up 5% when they fired 5% of their employees. Maybe... If they want the stock to go up 100%. Just fire everybody. Including Cook. Okay, I'm going to buy some Google real quick here. <laughs> on that, excuse me. Wow. On that subject, I actually have some more details to share on my next investment that um, is now final. The wire has gone through. They have effectively deposited the funds. They've cashed the check. Um, I'll tell you guys a little bit more about it, but first... Uh, let's talk through the rest of this Google stuff. So affected employees from Google will receive 60 days of pay, followed by at least 16 weeks of severance. I mean, you got to at least give them credit there. That is a pretty decent severance package. Like if I had... 16 weeks of severance is like... Yeah, if I had six months to kind of figure out what I'm going to do next. Affected employees will receive 60 days pay, followed by at least 16 weeks severance. What's the difference here? I'm not sure. I'm sure there's some distinction, like, legally. Um, but, like Microsoft, Google's AI department is unaffected. And the speculation here is uh, likely because of the threat that ChatGPT poses to Google's dominance. Honestly, asking ChatGPT things is so much better than Googling them. You do have to... I know you know this. I'm I know. It's an old data set. Old data set. It's an old data set, and you have to remember that it will confidently be wrong... Um, so you have to keep your mind about you, but it, it is, 
Oh, yeah. Google search results can be confidently wrong, too. Absolutely. That's the thing. Yeah. Here's the challenge, though. I read a really interesting article a while back. I really, hmm, I wish I had it in front of me so I could give you guys uh, a more accurate summary of it. But essentially, it made the argument that voice assistants, as we know them, are doomed. They're going away. The, the model was supposed to be that by collecting all of this information, building these natural language models, and making these voice assistants ubiquitous in our lives, either in the phones in our pockets or in the smart speakers in our kitchens or wherever else they happen to be found, in our TVs, uh, they would somehow start to sell us things and therefore generate a value to advertisers, generating a value to the companies who have built them. As far as anyone can tell, Cortana's gone. Alexa seems to be losing copious amounts of money. The whole experiment has fundamentally failed. And what I wonder is, was the problem that they weren't good enough? Yes. (laughs) That was part of it. At least part of it, yeah. They are fairly crap. Uh, Or was the problem that people will simply not interact with someone who is constantly trying to sell them something. So what I'm trying to say is, is ChatGPT going to only be a viable alternative to Google searching until it starts trying to sell us crap? And if if it can't successfully sell us crap, then will it ultimately just not find a way of being commercialized? Because, like, if you think about it, I don't mind looking up information by myself and being bombarded with ads. It's just kind of part of the process, whether I am seeking out information in a newspaper or TV or, or on a web page. But, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm outing myself as a bit of an introvert here, if I have to communicate with someone and be sold something... I like, I, I would rather just buy nothing and walk away. Like, like there's certain types of purchase experiences that I, I just, like, I dread them. Um, like, I, I, was, I was thinking, hey, I have not um, adorned my wife with any precious metals or jewels in a solid seven to eight years. Maybe we're due. I should probably take her jewelry shopping. And I just, man, you ever gone like jewelry shopping? The mall? They're like, they're 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 like hyenas. I hate it. They they're so aggressive. Yeah. You you tell them no. I I'm just browsing for now. Like I will even my body language is completely closed. I I will preemptively before they even get a chance to inhale to open their mouths and start talking to me. I'll say I'm just browsing for now. Thank you. And they hover. They hover. They're practically breathing down your neck. And, and it drives me crazy because uh, and maybe I'm about to prove myself wrong, right? It drives me crazy because they wouldn't do it if it didn't work on somebody. Oh, yeah. But if, if, if uh, the more natural you make the interaction for me with this chatbot or with this voice assistant or whatever it is, I feel like the more personally offended or bothered or attacked or whatever the word is the more personally anxious i'm gonna be when they try to sell me something ultimately does that does that make sense or am i way off base here no that makes sense i just i think 
and uh, I'm I'm probably going to be wrong, and they're probably going to go with a different model, and that will be super bad. Um, but I'm really hoping they go for a prosumer type of approach and charge for it. Not if it's Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft doesn't even charge for Windows anymore, essentially. Yeah. <gasps> like, what even what even is Microsoft's business? It's pretty clear they're they're chasing that. I mean, why else would they have kept beating this dead Bing horse? Yeah. It it's got to be an advertising model. I mean, obviously they're they're certainly open to to software as a service. I mean, we we see that with Game Pass, but like again. Back to what the best way to monetize something that interacts with you. Like if there was like a YouTube premium chat GPT or a YouTube premium Bing powered by chat GPT, whatever, I would pay for that. Like Bing premium. Yeah. Yeah, It won't be though because they would, you don't want your brand to be sullied by the crappy version. I mean, Microsoft learned this back in the day with Windows 2000 and Windows ME. I mean, what... They look at the. Why are we maintaining a good kernel, shit kernel? Why don't we just have one good kernel? Yeah. There was a thread on Twitter where people were talking about like what they would pay for Chat GPT powered by GPT 4.0, whatever. Sure. Um, And that you and I both know that that type of interaction is always useless trash. Because all the people talking are like, oh, I'll pay whatever. And then it comes time to do it and they don't. Pulling your actual credit card out of your actual wallet is much higher friction than talking about how you're going to like spend money on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It like never means anything. It's completely useless conversation. But I was a little bit surprised ouch. knowing all of that. Uh, how many people were enthusiastically wanting to line up to pay for it? Um, and I think if they made it a, I don't even know if it's prosumer, potentially just straight up professional application, I think they could make a lot of money from businesses because businesses, I think would like powerful 4.0 powered chat GPT reinforced employees. And you can you look at how much these platforms are charging companies for such basic crap. Yeah. But it's worth it for the company, so they just pay it anyways. Yeah. Like the bill for teams. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah. But it's like Well what? Are we gonna not have like guess we'll pay for it? Like inter I, in, intra company communication? Are we just gonna not have that, I guess? It's it's text chat when text chat was free like 20 years ago i know but we pay out the nose like it's really expensive yes i know how much it is <laughs> it just drives me nuts. thank you it's it's crazy to me don't forget things, we also pay for g suite and then it's so and bad. adobe suite and slack and everything else um yeah, it's, ah! it's it's and they're 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 really expensive. So if you yes, offered something that was actually powerful and wasn't literally a text chat that barely works, yeah, I think people would pay a lot for it as a company. Maybe not so much as a person. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, oh, there's because it, it's all. It's kind of like how we talked about the issue with real estate, 
where when people are buying it to live in it, the calculus is very different compared to when people are buying it based on uh, and pricing it based on how much money they can make from it. Like from my point of view, when I look at the cost of something, I'm looking at it in terms of how much time, which equals money, it saves. So uh, I was talking to Dan actually before the show, and I was saying, hey, Dan, uh, merch messages. Like, wouldn't it be cool if when merch messages come in, okay, so when people ask a question or something like that down here, uh, when you guys see a response that is almost always from Dan, occasionally I reply to them. Do you ever reply to them? To what, sorry? Merge messages. No. Like the text replies. Okay, so occasionally I'll reply to them. I didn't know you did. Um, yeah, here's a reply. There's a reply right there. Usually that's handled by Dan, and he replies to people just from hearing us talk on the WAN show because he's like always here, or just from things he knows internally. He'll try to answer your questions as best he can. And I was telling Dan, I was like, hey, A, it would save you a ton of time, and B, I think it would help you filter which ones have been addressed before versus which ones we've talked about or which ones we haven't talked about. If you could just take the transcript of every WAN show, dump it into a chat GPT prompt, and then say, based on this library of information, what's the answer to this? You do a quick sanity check, and then you just paste it in. It's like, oh. You can do that. I know. Well, I know yeah. you can. Yeah. But how much will it cost, right? Yeah, right now... We don't know. Right now, nothing, but it's it's in a testing phase. Yeah. They've been very open about the fact that it's just in a testing phase. Yeah, but... but and, and what will the tools look like for that integration? Like, will there be will there be API access so that the Merge Messages dashboard will properly integrate with that? So people's questions could come in automatically run through this process, and then our dashboard could be updated so that Dan only has to see their original message and the suggested output. Oh, So there's two things. One of them, sure. a bunch of people in chat were like, why don't you guys just run IRC? It's not the point. It's not the point. It's not the point. It's not the point. I'm not even going to explain the point. It's just not the point. Uh, <laughs> and two, something that I think is going to be a really interesting reckoning yeah. is whenever ChatGPT's model changes and these tools that people are building that are based on it now have to react to the model change, that's going to be interesting. I know people that have sold tools built on ChatGPT for 10K plus. Really? To companies that are trying to buy these tools that are ChatGPT powered. And they don't seem to understand that it's just in a testing phase. And it's going to change Something's a lot. Something's going to happen eventually. They're going to commercialize it some way eventually. Like soon. Yeah. It seems to there me. Are, there are people making customer support bots for commercial pages right now based on chat GPT. Huh. Which like, yeah, right now, honestly, it probably works pretty good. Yeah. But when it costs you 10 cents a message or whatever that. Well, you just have no idea. Yeah. We have no clue. No clue. They might just yoink it. Right. Yeah. They might, they might just, just be say, like, okay, "Hey, testing phase is over." Yeah, that's too many calls. Yeah, or that. Yeah, forget yeah. it. I, like, I don't know. I would. I wouldn't want to do that right now. That's 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 all I'm I'm saying. Um, but there's some there's some like pretty big like core feature infrastructure that is being put on uh, on on ChatGPT, which is interesting. Um. Yeah. 
Okay. Speaking of of people missing the point sometimes, I have an update on that thing that I said and then reversed course on, and now I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Okay, you know how I said I was oh, just going to start I was going to just start shadow banning people who were just like made my brain hurt. And then the next week I was like, you know what? I shadow banned like five people and then I was like, no, this is this is not this isn't helping anything anyway. It's going to do nothing for improving the quality of discourse because it's an endless sea of of bad takes or or whatever else. And and I don't want to create an environment where people feel like by by expressing their thoughts, they could, you know, end up shadow banned, which is like sucky, right? Like that's never really been our approach to community feedback. Never been the goal. Yeah, well, you can you can find a nugget of gold in a mountain of poo, and that's that's always kind of been my philosophy about it. So I guess I better keep all the poo so that there's a chance I'll find some gold. Then the next day, I read this. So this is on our forty seventy Ti review. Linus, Dyson made everyone post a review at the same time. We don't work with them anymore, and we don't condone this behavior. Also, Linus, when a new computer part launches, yes, corporate daddy, we'll post at the same time as everyone. Why don't I just shadow ban that person? Why not? A, that first thing never happened. We worked with Dyson after that. The part that was bad... we we just thought it was kind of stupid yeah the part that was bad was that without telling everybody that everyone else would be posting these vacuum cleaner videos at exactly the same time they had like an embargo lift on sponsored vacuum cleaner videos and it was it was a fiasco yeah it was but i never said we wouldn't work with them anymore and i never said we don't condone a, a coordinated product launch um also, Linus, when a new compar- computer part launches, no, it's not, yes, corporate daddy will post at the same time as everyone. It's, yes, viewer, we understand that once the news cycle is over, you're not going to watch it. Like, a perfect example of this is we pushed back on separate NDA lifts for unboxings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hard. When that started to materialize, I think one of the first to do it in the IT space was NVIDIA. <laughs> And I'm so surprised. I already knew that, but like, yeah, it shouldn't well, be surprising to anybody. Yeah, you were you were there. You yeah. were literally there when there was like this separate unboxing embargo. That who was it? Paul, I think, technically didn't break because the card was just there and open and not in a box or whatever. Was was that how it I went down? Something about so, that. it was either Paul yeah. or Kyle. It was one of them. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but the point is that um, we pushed back hard on these on these separate NDAs and separate embargo dates for unboxings compared to full reviews. Now, I still don't mind that as much as long as the embargo lift for the full review is at the same time as sales availability. That's fine, because that means before you're taking people's money, they will have an opportunity to see the product properly evaluated. But I do um, think that a separate NDA lift for unboxings uh, so, th- I mean, we're, we're up to like three NDAs for a product launch at this point. There's the announcement embargo, there's the unboxing embargo, and then there's the review embargo. And then sometimes they'll try and sneak another one in there, like like a preview embargo where you can run specific titles or, or whatever else. And it's gotten kind of ridiculous, but you guys have to understand why they're doing it. It's because 
they are leveraging the the short attention span uh, or really the shortness of the news cycle to great effect and this this is one of those things that i just I, I don't know what you guys want me to do because i don't like it but you guys are ultimately the ones who create this game that i'm playing i see a lot of people blame the algorithm okay for uh clickable titles and thumbnails right or for the, the algorithm pro- just reacts to people or the proliferation of of garbage content on youtube we the people are the reason why microtransactions are so incredibly uh, smart to put in your game. All the algorithm is, and this was this was such a great conversation. Well, multiple conversations because I was very resistant to it at first. But um, one of one of my favorite contacts at, at YouTube, um, head of search and discovery, basically has drilled into me, and and he's right. Every time you open your mouth to say. Something, something, algorithm, something, something, something. Try replacing algorithm with the word audience, and you will find a much more, uh, you will find a much more accurate understanding of what exactly is going on. So, so this, is, this is what ultimately bothered me. Um, for the launch of the 7900 XT and 7900 XTX, AMD played the game. They had two separate embargoes. One for unboxing, or well, three, right? Announcement, unboxing, and then the full review. The unboxing video, which I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend that it's anything other than what it is. Uh, it's it's low effort content, right? I've got this box. I open it. There's some specs, right? Um, I, I give some thoughts on it, but if I have measured the performance of it, I'm not allowed to tell you, right? We can extrapolate. I feel like we added a little bit of value to some of our our pre-review coverage of the 7900 series by, you know, taking what AMD had provided, recreating that bench as closely as we could, and then um, and then extrapolating, you know, how we would expect it to perform against the competition when AMD wasn't disclosing that. Like we did everything we could with it, but at the end of the day, that's pretty shallow content. That video ended up with 1.9 million views, took a grand total of about an hour of prep time for someone to just kind of put together a spec list and, uh, you know, grab some cards, some relevant comparison cards off the shelf for me. Then about another 40 minutes of me sitting down in front of a camera. That's it. That is the, the grand total time we spent on it. Okay. Then our full review, and you know we got to remember too that both of these are are with us throwing the the full power of our you know our wonderful thumbnail artist Maria and all the expertise we have internally in terms of of titling videos and uh, you know trying to create catchy intros and all that kind of stuff. Uh, our full review ended up with a whopping 1.9 million views. Now that doesn't sound like a problem, right? Yeah, okay, so the unboxing and the review ended up with similar view counts, except for a, a couple of things. Number one is that that review is, in in my humble opinion, the second best GPU review we've ever done, uh, followed only by the 4070 Ti, and that's only because it came a little bit later once we'd had once we got our workflow settled in a little bit better. Um, and number two, it's on a way bigger channel. 
like way bigger. And I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit now at this point. I'm just, I'm kind of bothered by how many people look at that short circuit video, which we never call a review. We never, we never put a review in the description. I never say review in the video. The number of people that think it's a review and just the appetite for, for deeper, more analytical content is, is just not there compared to just this, uh, this, this surface level, surface level content. So where, how did I, how did I arrive here? <laughs> I don't remember. We're talking anymore. about the comment and how you wanted to remove it because it's annoying. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, I don't it's remember. Just bad faith arguments like that is really frustrating. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. Um, well, I mean, I, don't know. I think it's like you're you're screwed if you do and you're screwed if you don't. Yeah, because I mean, there's no. You know, unless I were to unless I were to publish some kind of, you know, official like, you know, policy, like like a like a code of conduct by which I decide to, you know, if someone is shadow banned or not. Like I I read a particularly frustrating thread on the forum uh either today or yesterday, uh, where there there were a number of people making again, these just extraordinarily bad faith arguments. In this case it was about the screwdriver and the backpack. And uh one in particular wrote this wall of text about this long after someone challenged them because what they said before was I could go on AliExpress and get that screwdriver in that backpack for a fraction of the price. The cost on that screwdriver is like this low. And someone was like, okay, then do, do it. Show me. And they wrote this wall of text. I'm not going to bother because it's not worth my time, but here's all the like knowledge I have about how that. Uh, uh. So I replied, I was just like, I will give you 10 grand. <laughs> I will give you $10,000 if you can do that. It's worth your time now. It's worth your time now. It's just on AliExpress. Go Where's your it. excuse? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to have a conversation when the person on the other side of the table is, is not capable of existing in the same plane of reality that I'm in. You know, they say, I can get that screwdriver for $10. And I say, you cannot. Would you like to reevaluate your position? No, thank you. <laughs> and I don't, know, I don't know how to deal with that. You know? Yeah. It's like, uh, wh what do you want from me? Do you need my invoices from Megapro, from PH Molds, from ITD Tool and Die? From <laughs> do you... Do do you like we're we're pretty transparent actually someone's asking if they can enter the contest uh, you can't do it go for it you That's can't the whole point there is no there is no aliexpress vendor those handles are 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 injection molded in pit meadows uh, or excuse me maple ridge british columbia like you can't it yeah. just doesn't work that way it's not a thing <laughs> You're missing the point, my dude. Uh, and it's like, it's one of those things where, it, you know, if you were willing to open your eyes and open your mind, you would know. I mean, we have footage of me in the injection molding facility, hand building screwdrivers here, <laughs> you know? Oh, I just, 
I, I can't. So, um, and, so, yeah, go ahead. No, I keep going. I was trying to derail us. So if you have more to say, no, I going. mean, no, it's great. I mean, honestly, like, obviously, you guys are you guys are the Wancho audience. You guys, you guys get it, and you're you've got my best interests at heart, I think. And you're sitting here going, Linus, don't engage. And you're right, but the thing that you haven't experienced. And, you know, one of the reasons that, honestly, you know, Luke or, or, or the other people internally here or my fellow YouTubers or some of the only people that I feel like I can really talk to about these things is that you've never experienced the, these, these thousands or hundreds or even dozens of attacks that come. And you're not allowed to defend generally. And you guys are basically saying, <clears throat> don't defend yourself. But the thing is, is that it doesn't go away. And in some cases, what can happen is it can even grow. And so, you know, I'm kind of looking at it going, you know, okay, uh, a perfect example is when we had that, um, uh, when we had that, uh, that, uh, that sexual assault accusation, right? And I basically took the very controversial internally <laughs> um, move <laughs> Of kind of going, okay, here is my entire relationship history, start to finish. The only part that was controversial with me was the details. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't need to know it tastes like smoke. <laughs> I will never forget that. I just thought it was kind of funny for that one. It was, it was the most memorable thing about it. Sorry, keep going. So I took the controversial move of basically going, okay, fine, then, you know, full transparency. Here's everything. So anything that doesn't match that, I will not be acknowledging because that didn't happen. Um, so now I don't have to talk about it anymore. Uh, but, like, there's, there's, this, there's kind of this contingent that refuses to acknowledge any sort of you know, fact or reality and is always just kind of, I mean, haters going to hate, I guess, is the bottom line. And it wears on you. Yeah. Like, it really does. And you want to do something about it. And, like, this happened, this happened on, my, on my tour of, of OVH. But there was the, um, do, 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 let me see. Yeah, the RTX 6000. And, like, Who, whose fault is it that there's a card called the RTX 6000? It's well, it's NVIDIA's fault. But I had to say it in the video, and I knew when I said it that people are going to go, huh? And there's all... The, and this is so light, and who cares? But there's all these comments everywhere on Floatplane, on, on YouTube, on everything. What an idiot. <laughs> that card doesn't exist. What a dummy. <laughs> and the whole time... Every single, and this is so light compared to what he's talking about but every single time i read that i'm just like man like you uh, there's a bunch of parts in the video that are not that great like you can call me out on that <laughs> but, but why are you calling me out on this Duh! and then i want to respond to every single one of them and then yeah. it's just like okay no i need to not do this yeah and it's just not reasonable and it, it, like, it bothers you right because like especially in cases where you you know it was you know you were right um you just kind of go, well, now, now you're going to sit and think th that forever. Yeah. And given that our entire job is trying to inform people about technology, I, I, I just like, I could sit at my keyboard all day correcting misconceptions. 
literally all day and do absolutely nothing else. That'd be a funny video. <sighs> I mean, we've done Linus response to haters. I guess, or no, we've done Linus response to mean comments. You should do like the thumbnails, like you pointing at the screen. It just says you're wrong is the thumbnail. But here's the problem. So we, um, I guess about about six months ago, we created, um, well, I shouldn't say we, James created, oh, maybe more than six, it, it doesn't matter. Timeline doesn't matter. Sometime in the last little while, James created a document called How to Make Good Videos. And in How to Make Good Videos, um, he created a section based on a conversation that we had had called The Laws of Linus. And there's a bunch of really interesting stuff in here that I have, even though not all of it is actually from me, it was a, it was a team effort building, building it. And I <clears throat> probably wouldn't have called it that just because it's sort of a silly uh, thing. But it's got, he put a well, flex arm. it's a fun arm. acronym, right? Yeah, I guess so. Sure. Oh, well. Yeah. So the lols, the, the lols. <laughs> got him. <laughs> really did like you better when you couldn't talk. <laughs> it's a better show that way. <laughs> so It was a little disheartening how many people were like, this was the best show. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of haters. Okay, I have to tell you though. And this is the first time I'm telling him on air. But I, I told you after the show last week as well. It is actually far more oh, helpful yeah, yeah, yeah. than you and you guys probably realize to have a, a friendly presence. Like, essentially, a living, breathing laugh track slash supporter just sitting next to you while you ramble on and on about things. Kind of nodding or raising an eyebrow when you say something stupid. Like, I could imagine at the height of the pandemic, you know, being an athlete, oh, performing in an yeah. empty stadium. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Did, did, did I play that shot good? You know, like, there's no, no feedback. There's no feedback whatsoever. Yeah. And it really does... It really does get you going. Anyway, mm -hmm. back to the laws of Linus. Uh, one of the laws is never insult the audience. Um, it doesn't go well. Yeah, and I do it from time to time. I break the rules. Uh, you know, someone on... I honestly feel more liberated with the float plane audience because realistically, they pay for the subscription. They're probably hardcore. They can probably handle it. And, you know, every once in a while, you know, there'll be a brain dead enough take that I'm just like, you know what? No, we're going we're gonna to talk about this because that's, that's pretty bad. But I shouldn't. I shouldn't because, hold on, I'm trying to find the bloody part of it. This is driving me absolutely crazy. Okay, fine. I will resort to find and replace. Uh, Ins is it insult or no it must be attack guys I'm, I'm fine you don't have to yeah here to. it is do not personally attack the viewer no matter how wrong or stupid their beliefs are not even an implied attack and this has actually helped us a lot over the last little while because there have been a few videos where we you know we'd make an offhand joke say for example about like DDR2 memory you know being old and it's like, well, hold on a second. In a lot of parts of the world, DDR2 it's is like, like still current. expensive and yeah. still current. And it's easy to live in our in our North American bubble and to and it's not even necessarily wrong to live in our North American bubble because that's where solid like almost 60% of our viewership comes from with probably another 30% from, you know, Western, uh, Western Europe. So like your Germany's and, and UK's and France's of the world, places like that. Um, yeah. But 
you've got to understand that when you are broadcasting to literally millions of people, if only 1% of them are personally attacked by what you say, then you just upset 1,000, 10,000 people? For what? Yeah. What why? Benefit? To what end? Yeah. Like, why? So one of the things that I'll do during script review with people now is I'll say, like, hey, um, why are we poking fun at people who liked Windows Vista? That's just, just an example. Why are we doing that? And they're like, because it's funny, because they're dumb. I'm like, well, A, I like Windows Vista. <laughs> not so funny now, is it? <laughs> but that's not even the point, because B, who cares? Is there a benefit? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, honestly, this is something where Yvonne has been a really good influence on me, because she has basically said, hey, look, I think that you're too aggro. And I think that you're going to catch a lot more flies with honey than with vinegar. And she's, she's right. I have basically never won. I, I shouldn't say I, I have never. I, I have rarely witnessed like uh, an aggressive approach winning an argument on the internet. Think about it. I, so I, I agree with the statement in general. I think sometimes it is not okay. So this is a, this is a tech channel. We're talking about tech topics. Yeah. So it should basically always be honey because who cares? Sure. But I don't think this applies to all arguments one could have, if that makes sense. <sighs> We've talked about this before. I don't remember how I phrased it, but I think it was like sometimes you want to catch them with the vinegar or whatever. Like I. There's certain times where, like, I'm not willing to acknowledge any potential benefits of the argument on the other side. So I'm not going to approach it. With but that. you don't have to acknowledge merit. You don't have to acknowledge any merit of their argument when there isn't any. But you could acknowledge maybe how they feel. No. Okay. There's cer there are certain arguments where I, I think no. Um, there is not, like, a ton of them necessarily. But there are certain arguments where I think no. That's fair. I don't know. Intolerance will not be tolerated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. <laughs> um, what we will also not tolerate is AI art generators blatantly ripping off the source material on which they were trained. That's right. I called this. There is already... <laughs> Two major copyright lawsuits against AI art generators. Getty Images claims that Stability AI scraped the Getty Images site, using it as a database to train its own AI art generator. Um, these claims are corroborated by an independent study that found that Stable Diffusion was trained on hundreds of thousands of images sourced from stock image sites. Notably, Stable Diffusion has a funny habit of recreating the Getty Images watermark in the images that it produces. And this is uh, figure two down below. That's this actually is hilarious. hilarious. That's really funny. Um, whoops. <laughs> this is a super weird image. It is. Is actually. this supposed to be like. It looks a baseball like, catcher. It looks like baseball mixed with football. It really does. 
I do have to wonder what the prompt was. Uh, also, I kind of have to wonder what kind of roids this guy's go- got going on here. <laughs> Though if you take steroids, uh, that is your own life choice. Don't be upset. Not insulting the audience. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually just don't care. Like, if that's what you want to do to your testicles, then like... <laughs> <laughs> Mine are bigger. <laughs> Okay, I break my rules sometimes. <laughs> Might be short, but he's got them big ones. <laughs> um, a study from the University of Maryland found that stable diffusion can sometimes end up closely replicating images from its training database. These aren't pixel-perfect copies, but the derivation is pretty blatant. That is figure one over here where, um, yep. I don't think it takes a genius to, uh, to see that the <laughs> there's a relationship here. Yeah. I mean, you can't, even, you can't even move the wolves around a little bit. Where's the moon? Give me three wolves and a moon, you know? Yeah. Give me something to work with here. Give, make it defensible. Um, the second major lawsuit is a class action against Stability AI, uh, DeviantArt, and MidJourney, claiming that their art generators are simply remixing the copyrighted works of millions of artists. The lawsuit's website calls such AI generators 21st century collage tools. And it's an interesting thing because, like the, like the Bloodborne one, for instance, if the lower image, which I believe is the AI-generated image, I think. I actually don't know. I actually don't know. Um, but I, I it kind of doesn't matter because they're similar enough to each other that it's irrelevant. And, and, and that's sort of the point. So yeah, it, it, say the AI generated image is used for, uh, let's say, a mobile game, right? If if it was called um, <laughs> White Blood Cell Birth, and it was on the Apple Store, they would probably be gone after because their bloodborne would say that's too close to our logo because you just clearly ripped off our logo right yeah so it's the same thing and and like i uh i've been caught in this argument a little bit because i went anti ai art and i went pro ai large language model and people didn't like that i was kind of on each side of the fence but this is kind of the example and i don't know 100 percent really where it ends up being okay because it's still 100% true that the large language model is trained off of other people's stuff. It's not not true that that is a thing, but it's a lot less apparent. It's way less apparent. You don't have it do this. You can get ChatGPT to spit out things that other people have written. Yes. It's happened, but it's not as egregious, doesn't seem as common, stuff like that. It seems like it's done better but it also seems like it was easier to do it better because it's a large language model and the way that works is easier. But when it comes to art, we're seeing a lot of this. I had the example that I gave in the previous way and showing these three examples are just as blatant. I mean, here's the thing though. Are people, they're, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask a spicy question. Does it matter what the law is if the overall social benefit outweighs the drawback to, to those few who are affected by it? And to be clear, I'm not taking the position that 
you know, the ends justify the means here. I'm just asking if we all collectively kind of decide this is okay because it has to be okay because this is really convenient for our lives that we can, you know, create a children's book from scratch in a weekend uh, without needing an illustrator because we never learned to draw. Um, is this ultimately going to fizzle out? And are these lawsuits going to just eventually go away? I don't think that's the average stance, though, so I don't think it would. Well, it's not the average stance now, but most people have not used an AI image generator yet. Once people get used to the convenience of an AI image generator, will they be willing to let it go? Ooh. Yeah. My pessimism would say no. Right? Like, I mean... Okay, An- another another perfect example of of sometimes the the gulf that exists between what is ethical and and legally acceptable versus what is socially acceptable uh, would be something like um, the way that some creators approach React content. And I, I know this is gonna this is gonna be a a, a hot a spicy potato. This is gonna be a, a hot take. Oh, I yeah. can't believe he's talking about this, but it's like it's. It's actually pretty cut and dried, right? Like I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. There's no point not being transparent about it because the internet never forgets anything. So I might as well just tell you guys we're working on a React channel. Like it's, it, it is effort, easy content, and it is uh, like obscenely, obscenely profitable if you can generate a bunch of views on content that takes almost literally no time. That's what it is. That's what React content is. Um, and What's your approach to the... I'm very intrigued. What is the approach to the React content channel? Well, first I'm going to talk about, you know, what are the, what are the obvious problems with some of the React content that's out there. Okay. Uh, the defense that is used by... And I'm not going to name anyone because I just don't... I don't need any beef in my life. I just, it's, like, it's a waste of brain energy for me. Um, but the, the argument that is often used to defend it is fair use. Fair use is a gray area for one thing. Uh, it actually has to be, it actually has to be defended in court. It is, it is, it is not as simple as, well, it's fair use, therefore it's fine. Um, the only reason that you might get away with saying it's fair use is if nobody chooses to challenge you on it. So in a way, you could look at that fair use argument for React content as basically just a way that large creators can turn their nose up at small creators who can't afford to defend their work by saying, essentially, because you can't afford to sue me, it's fair use. That's a pretty shitty stance. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what gets defended as fair use is clearly not. Uh, you know, Google has a, has a support doc for this because they run a little site you might have heard of before called uh, YouTube. Um, and so they have a lot of kind of like legal, legal Q&A on there. And the four factors of fair use are laid out, or pillars, if, if you want to call them that, are laid out pretty clearly. So there's the purpose and character of the use, including whether such use is commercial or is for nonprofit educational purposes. Um, if it's commercial, that's a big strike against you. And the second you hit monetization or pimp T-shirts or screwdrivers or whatever else, that's that's very that's very commercial use, right? Um, 
Courts typically focus on whether the use is transformative. That is, whether it adds new expression or meaning to the original, or whether it merely copies from the original. And this is a spectrum, right? This is not just black and white. It, it adds new expression or it doesn't. It's up to the interpretation and it's up to the arguments that get made. Uh, number two is the, the nature of the copyrighted work, right? So using material from a factual work is more likely to be fair than from a fictional work. Uh, number three, the amount and substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. And this is where a lot of React content, as it is right now, is in deep doo-doo. Uh, a lot of people in the chat are talking about the H3 ruling. Yes, uh, that did go in favor of Ethan, but you've also got to remember and understand that fair use is something that is tackled on a case-by-case -case basis by the courts, and in the case of H3 Productions versus that guy, I can't remember his name, um, Ethan, to his credit, did not use the entire original source. And the, the, uh, the, the bulk of the video was, for better or for worse, um, H3's commentary, right? As opposed to just the original work being consumed in a way that is not benefiting the original rights holder in any way. Number four, and this is another huge one that is highly problematic with a lot of React content right now, the effect on the potential market for or the value of the copyrighted work. If you play the entire video as part of the video, the impact is enormous. Uh, like if, like, let's say, for example, someone did a React video to one of ours where they pulled a few key things, but largely transformed it, largely contributed their own thoughts and their own expression. Um, that is pretty obviously fair use, even though it is commercial. So usually I wouldn't consider our, um, I wouldn't consider our content to be primarily uh, or, or purely fictional. Uh, I'd say that we, we strive to create uh, factual works, so it is more likely to be covered by fair use. Uh, the character of the use, while it is commercial, it would be highly transformative. Um, and the amount of that is used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole w could be quite low. There also is potentially a positive effect on the potential market for the copyrighted work. Um, so in the case of something like, let's say, a... Um, no, no, let's stick with the example that we're using, just for the sake of, of ease of following along. So if you only provide snippets of the original video, but explicitly in your content you say, but there's some key parts of it that you should go check out, I've got it linked down below, there's a much stronger argument for fair use. As it is right now, if you upload a video that is essentially the entire original work, for profit, for yourself, with some chunks where you respond to or react to or talk over the original work, there is no reason whatsoever to go watch the original work. And so you'll see these large creators that are getting, in some cases, many times the viewership of the original work at the cost of the original work. And I honestly don't have, I don't have the solution to this right now. Because like, it's pretty clear that YouTube's copyright claim system is pretty broken. Like, even if something was clearly not fair use, you know, A, 
I don't necessarily think that I would be entitled to 100% of the revenue, which to my knowledge is the only way you can copyright claim something. You basically just say, I think that's all mine. Or you can say, yeah. I think I deserve nothing. There, there's no middle ground whatsoever. And two, the community backlash is just not worth it because there's this perception that, um, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I actually, I actually just don't really understand why. Because sitting as someone who is, relatively speaking, on the top of the online creator pyramid, I can tell you right now that the community backlash that follows any smaller creator who's trying to enforce copyright is wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. It's just plain wrong. It benefits the people who are at the top who don't need it. They actually have money. They could hire staff, create something original, get equipment, whatever. Whereas the people who are at the bottom actually need it. They, they can't build a screwdriver from scratch and sell 100,000 units, right? Like, they don't, they don't have the same tools. And so to, to, ignore, to ignore these arguments just because, you know, we don't like, what, people being mean to people we've formed a parasocial relationship with, it's messed up, man. Okay, so all of that being said, yes. how's yours going to work? So what I've got in the... Uh, Ugh, I'm not signed into that account on here in one sec. Good. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So basically, uh, oh, shoot, it's in the comments. Uh, general reaction channel guidelines. Timeliness is hugely important, blah, blah, blah. Nope, nope. Where is it? Uh, shoot, okay. Huh, that time someone reacted to one of our things. Yeah, it was uh, really, really interesting. So again, as a as a content creator, I have you know, actual numbers for how beneficial reaction content is to the original creator, the answer is much, um, in case you guys are wondering. And that's even as someone with a substantial following already and whose content might already have significant momentum. Um, on, on a channel from someone who's only ever uploaded, or on a channel that's only ever uploaded one video or something like that, where they don't have that, that critical mass. Um, I, do, I do think there's multiple arguments here. Um, sure, and it de it depends on the nature of the inclusion. Yes, if you include so, so this is okay. I'm getting to it. Okay, okay, <laughs> I'm getting to it. Uh, unfortunately, I just don't have the. Basically, I lay. I don't know. I can't find it. I laid out. I've some, seen it work. I've laid out some guidelines out for what I would consider to be like like ethical reaction content, where the goal. The stated purpose, and not just the stated purpose, but the actual goal of the content needs to be to uplift the original creator, as opposed to, coming back to the pillars of fair use, um, harm the value or potential market for the original work. Um, and I think that's something that has just been completely lost. I think there's, I think there's been... I think there is and there has been reaction content that is like clearly exploitive. Uh, exploitative exploitative yes um he, but, he hasn't but been don't... practicing talking for a week it's actually true <laughs> um <laughs> that's probably not the reason why that just happened but it, it is true um but i have also seen reaction content that 
has like made channels basically for sure um for like sure it, it totally <laughs> happens and it, i think a lot of it we were talking about earlier but like how instead of the algorithm you should say community i think a lot of it has to do with the community that follows that person are yep. they only ever going to watch this person's content because of the host and they have no real cares about the source um and they're never going to follow through they're never going to f- go to that channel they're never going to check it out whatever or is it a community of people that are going to follow through and are going to give support when they watch when the creator watches different videos the, whatever the problem with that argument is it's not up to you yeah it's up to the original copyright holder well for sure yeah so and, it doesn't matter what you think no i well that's not a good take. Well, it doesn't, though. Well, it doesn't matter. That's I not my think, statement. Oh, I thought you were saying that <laughs> I, as the reactor, no. can just decide, well, no. my audience isn't really going to follow through on this, so I should just show it to them. No. Oh, okay. I misunderstood you. No. Because I, I was like, really? What, I, what I'm saying is that in, 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 I think, especially the current era, there's a big mix of ones that are good and aren't good. And obviously... And even within individuals, there's absolutely. a mix of doing the right thing and being extremely lazy. I've seen example clips of someone yeah. who will go from really good reactionary content to a piece of content that probably wants you to that probably makes you want to go follow through and see yeah. the original creator all that kind of stuff and then the next clip they're like eating. So it just plays the video and they literally never say a whole thing other than just like hmm yeah. while they're chewing and it's like wow. All right. Yeah. Well <laughs> I don't really know what to say about this, but well, I know what it to is say. What it is. But I'm I, they might watch LTT, and I'm not supposed to insult the audience. <laughs> Got them. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I don't know. It's it's I know of channels that exist that basically only exist because reaction channels blew them up. But then I also know of channels that hate it and have openly tried to get people to stop, and people just keep doing it. Yeah, and it's like okay, well, <laughs> it's rough. Well, the answer is really simple. The answer is reach out and ask. ask. And And I do also know people that do that right now. And that's the worst part. Like, I I have personally had content used in montages or, 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 or like mashups or reaction videos or whatever. Yeah, like someone brought up in Floatplane Chat, uh, Gardner Bryant was a a Linux creator that reacted to some of our Linux challenge videos. I watched them. I thought they were really good. Yep. Yeah. Um, But hold on. Okay. I'll get to that in a second. But I have have personally known of huge creators, like enormous creators that did not not have a valid fair use argument for their use of our content. Gotcha. um, And could have reached out. Like, like, like absolutely could have reached out or had their staff reach out. Like I'm talking creators with a staff, um, you know, like Star Wars kid. Um, that's an old reference anyway. And just didn't. And that's just, that's just pure laziness. Yeah. Um, even people, even people I know. So there's, there's a handful of creators that I have like a standing agreement with, uh, like Austin, a Marquez, for example. It's like, Hey, um, can we just have a mutual like if I need to use a clip from you and I'll make sure I'd like say you it from you it or whatever and if you thing. use a clip from me and make sure that you do the same can we just like not email every time sure <laughs> but that's that's a positive that's a constructive way to build community just taking stuff and being like 
Uh, it'll probably benefit them. I don't know, maybe. That's not cool. And it should never be acceptable. And, so, you so know, you is, have to ask is yourself. Is one of the pillars of your reaction channel going to be that you reach out every time for every video? I think we should, yeah. I think that... Well, you're speaking out against it, so I think it would have to be, right? Well, it depends, right? So if you are reacting to... Some, okay, so a perfect example of this would be the recent uh, CoffeeZilla uh, Logan Paul controversy. Logan Paul's not going to give CoffeeZilla permission to, to utilize portions of his video. But in that case, CoffeeZilla is clearly transforming the original work. That is not sitting and eating while the Logan Paul video plays as, as like a weird spectacle or whatever else. So in the case of, of, a, of a clear and obvious fair use argument, I don't think we have to. So we just have Why to... Why would you? Sorry? Is that reaction channel going to cover divisive things like that? I don't know. We're, we're not sure what yet. What is it? Is it a tech reaction channel? Is it... So let's go. Let's, let's talk about some of the things we, we have in here. So, um, you know, one of the things we could do is, like, we've done a few of these on the main channel, like reacting to community submissions, like best and worst builds and stuff like that. Um, reacting to... Community submissions, that's a totally different thing. But it's still, it's, it's reaction content. But it's not... It's, it's ethical reaction it's content. It's not reaction content in the way that the internet would, would interpret the term reaction content. Really, internet? Would you consider that to be reaction content? I don't think they would. Because if you say react... Let's poll it. Okay. Let's right. poll it. All right. I'm going to do my poll dance. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to get some reaction content from that? <laughs> They're going to side with you. They're going to side with you even yeah, if I'm right. Because you're wrong. No, um, it's reaction content. Anyway. It, it is reaction content by definition of the term. It is not yes. reaction content by how the internet interprets that. If you say but uh, you a react what? channel, yeah. people are going to think that you're reacting to videos because that's how that works right now. If it's user submitted videos, that is seen as a different thing. All right, let's I, like, see the poll I results. I'm working on poll results. Working, why don't you, if you're so confident, why don't you put up a poll, smart <laughs> because guy? Because I'm typing it out. Come on. Okay, so some other ideas. Um, you know, I really love what Corridor Crew does, where they will bring on experts to react to, um, you know. So that's actually, that's such a good example of how you can take very obviously copyrighted work from very um, aggressive IP companies like like a Disney, for example, and confidently include stills or even motion from their content in your video. Uh, because if you are, for example, doing a detailed breakdown of how the CGI was done for a particular scene, and you're sitting there, you're talking about how much work it was and how cool it was, you are not using a substantial amount. The effect on the original work is obviously positive. Um, the nature of your your own work is is clearly more informative and or educational slash factual. And even though the nature of the copyrighted work is is purely fictional, the way it is being transformed into something that is educational is it, it, very very cut and dried, right? Um, so anyway, bringing in experts. Uh, you know, something that I've wanted to do for a long time on the LTT channel. We just haven't gotten around to it. Might have even gotten as far as an email to Wendell, Sup Wendell. Um, 
is I want to do LTT reacts to like bad hacking scenes in movies. That'd be amazing. Is that react enough for you? Huh? <laughs> that that fits my term. I right. That's what I'm saying. Is that so, so yes. Okay. Is that acceptable? <laughs> well, that, maybe not. Is that under the umbrella of reaction content? I don't know if it is. Okay. Uh what is common Oh, your poll is bad cuz it makes it seem like a binary choice. Because I didn't include a both. Oh, yeah. Float playing chat does not like it. Yeah, because they want a both. <laughs> okay. But that's completely... That defeats the whole point. All right. Um, and they don't get that and you don't get that, but it defeats the whole point. Uh, we want to do reacting to, like, bad product listings. So, like, going through, like, uh, you know, Facebook Marketplace, you know, people who think their computer's worth way too much. We actually did one of those before. Um... um Tech memes. Don't leave the question. I didn't leave the question. Uh, reacting to old We've videos of ours. We've actually found that more people will click the top option. I put the top option as not the one that I was saying. <laughs> Screw off. They're right. They don't like your poll and they're right. No, they're wrong. Um, they're all wrong. The whole, the whole audience is wrong. <laughs> We've got reacting to old videos of ours. So one of the suggestions was Linus finally watches what it's like to work for Linus and reacts to it. Which I, oh. I commented on. I said but I won't do it. You said you never would. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, we can't do that one. That one's off limits. But like, overall, that's not a bad idea. Um, yeah, best and worst of TikTok, stuff like that. But again, that's getting into the gray area unless we're doing a really good job of reaching out to people, um, which I, I, will, I will tell you right now, for our, uh, for our trying TikTok hacks videos in the past, I don't think we've reached out to people. However, what we've done has been highly transformative. We are, we are actually doing things. We're actually trying them. I'm not eating a box of noodles while I watch other people's content. Um, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think what it basically comes down to is just being ethical about it and adhering to the four pillars of fair use and making sure that regardless of who it is and whether they could afford to take us to court over it, making sure that we would have a strong fair use argument that we believe with certainty that we would win. That's, I think, the bottom line. And or just getting permission from the original creator. Right. That's where we're, that's where we're at on it. Because at this point, like, you're kind of stupid not to have a React channel. It's kind of like a Clips channel. Man, do you guys have any idea how long they pushed me around here to do a Clips channel for the WAN show? Do you know how successful the Clips channel is? I think it makes more money than the actual WAN show. Probably. Which is like, how does that even make any sense? It's just... It like must actually. Yeah. Because you're dividing it up into a bunch of content and each one of those content pieces is doing well. LMG yeah. Clips gets 10 million views a month. Yeah. It is actually, in terms of just overall viewership, it is on par with like what I would consider to be like, like B-tier tech channels. And I'm I'm sitting here going, what? How how is that even? How's it even possible? They know they can just they know they can just link to a timestamp in the WAN show, right? But that's not how people that's not how people engage with content. They want it to be digestible, and there's a huge contingent of our viewers that is absolutely just militantly opposed to watching long format content like the WAN show, but does want to hear about what we talk about I, on I the WAN show. And I've said this before, like I. I I'm not going to sit down and watch the whole WAN show. Oh, yeah. Yvonne's the same way. Yeah. She is. She never looks at WAN show, but she's like, 
She'll devour clips. Clips are She's cool. like, yeah, what are Linus and Luke talking about this week? Yeah, yeah. And I've always understood why people like the uh, the the the, 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 the timestamp guy in the description or in the pinned comment. Sorry. Yep. Because like, yeah, it's a really especially lately, man. We've had some like three hour, three and a half hour shows. Based on how many of our topics we've hit so far today, it's this gonna is going to be, be a, a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> you down, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> like they they get pretty intense so being able to sit down and watch the whole thing especially in one sitting it's like it's like half a half a work day and you know what the reality <laughs> of it is that a good title and thumbnail works like this is a great this is great uh a prime in the float plane chat who is alex alex p one of our one of our editors uh he goes i watch when i edit tech tips i'm gonna add something here i uh, I'm really good at like creating YouTube thumbnails. I am I am literally like a, like a, a a creator of the of the drug, right? I'm a I'm a dealer. Yeah. I still end up being clickbaited into wan clips. <laughs> it is literally <clears throat> content he has seen before from people he can talk <laughs> time he wants. <laughs> right? Who he works in the same building as at least some of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and he still manages to click on it. That's so funny. I don't make the rules, right? Like, I don't... It comes back to that conversation about, is it the algorithm or is it the audience? I don't determine what works. Yeah. You just have to kind of go with the flow. You have to go with the flow. <clears throat> you got to go with the flow. So we're going to make a Reacts channel. Uh, we're also going to tell you about our sponsors. Also, names of things matter... I, I, I was I dove into this recently. I was playing Tarkov with a Tarkov creator and he made a clip. I killed a cheater in a game that we were playing in and he made a like YouTube short thing of it. But he called it first of all, his name is Goat Moth, but the goat, the O in goat is a zero. Okay. Just like, yeah, if you never want to be searchable ever, that's probably good. And then Let's he named the short how to kill a gaming chair assuming that people would understand the meme of like they're not cheating they must just have a really good gaming chair and i'm like man man like, like man i'm not really in the game anymore but <laughs> but but come but. on brother <laughs> <laughs> boom roasted um anyways yeah okay uh sponsors Oh, and then we're going to do the evil wheel or whatever the thing is called. The wheel of pain. Of pain! Yeah, I still don't know what it is. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, okay, the show is brought to you today by... Thorum! Hey, yeah. cool. Thorum hand makes wedding bands and rings from rare, unique materials. They work with everything from whiskey barrels to antlers to Damascus steel to World War II rifle stocks and even to dinosaur fossils. Whoa. The aloha is made out of black tungsten carbide with a Hawaiian koa wood inlay. Are you proposing to me? I mean... Is it finally happening? I mean, if you say <laughs> no, then no, I wasn't. <laughs> but if you say yes, I might let it happen. Unless. Uh, just check it out. Um, Hawaiian koa is regarded as one of the most beautiful timbers in the world, and you'll have no worries of rust or tarnishing thanks to the tungsten carbide... Um, well, the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, their yeah. selection is as unique as your taste. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not a ringsmith. <laughs> I, 
I just don't know what that part of the rig is called. Um, their selection is as unique as your taste, and one of the best parts, it seems Super to sharp. have fallen. I, it looks good. I Not lost it. Uh, they make it easy to get a ring sizer kit on their website to make figuring out what ring size fits you best easy. Every ring ships within one business day and comes with a free Thorum silicone activity band. Oh, no, that's what it was. Well, I lost it. Um, and a beautiful wooden ring box. With over 10 years of experience and over 5,000 happy customers, Thorum is there for you, whether you need a wedding band or just a cool-looking ring. So what are you waiting for? Head to the link in the video description to get 20% off today with code WAN. The show is also brought to you by Audible. Audible. That's a blast from the past. Yeah. I don't remember the last time we worked with Audible. It's a good service, it's been though. It's a minute. I, yeah. I use it. Audible is the leading audiobook service. Man, I wonder how much their talking points have changed. It's been like four years. Yeah. Uh, their extensive library includes all the bestsellers, new releases, and timeless classics. And with a membership, you'll get one credit per month to use on any book you want, as well as exclusive sales and discounts. With Audible Plus, you'll have unlimited access to their entire catalog, all at your fingertips or your ear tips, as it were. And that just makes it perfect for busy individuals who want to make the most out of their time. You can listen to your books while you're running errands, working out, or doing the dishes. Or... Anything else. In bed. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, if they're not going to sponsor us for a long time, they're going to get a spicy first one back, okay? <laughs> I wouldn't recommend listening to audiobooks during, you know, bedroom activities, but you could. You could. You could. Yeah. So it's great for commuters, road trippers, and anyone who wants to make their daily grind just a little more enjoyable. Imagine being transported to different worlds and experiencing new adventures, all while sitting in your car or lying on your back thinking of the Queen. Uh, follow the link below then to sign up for Audible and get a free 30-day Audible Plus membership. Happy listening. Finally, the show is brought to you by... Oh, sorry, not thinking of the Queen, thinking of England. I mean, you know, you could think of the Queen... <laughs> Uh, anywho, <laughs> Messy Footwear is... <laughs> that's, a, that's a reference to the pre-show. Okay. You'd have to be there, okay? You'd have to be there to understand. Yeah, the show's also brought to you by <laughs> Floatplane, where you can find the pre-show um, yeah. both live and in VOD form. It's the only place to find it in a VOD. Yeah. Vessi Footwear is known for being waterproof, lightweight, easy to pack, and breathable. Their dual climate knit material keeps out water and keeps your feet warm in winter and cool during the summer. I want to make it clear that absolutely nothing on earth is completely waterproof. The Grand Canyon was created by water, and if water can cut through rock, it can cut through a shoe. But, but... Vessi does an excellent job of building their shoes out of materials that are about as waterproof as you can make a shoe. That's the compromise we've landed on. So the best thing about it, though, is you don't need to worry about the weather. Whether it's hot, cold, dry, or wet, Vessi has got you covered. They're super easy to slip on and off, comfortable for traveling, fit almost any occasion, and they are 100% vegan. Get 15% off with offer code WANSHOW at the link down below. All right. What do you want to talk about next, Mr. Luke? What's the wheel? Tell me what the wheel. Let's do the wheel of pain. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a regular segment. I don't know if we're going to come up with like different segments or whatever else. But basically, I asked for a wheel and I pitched kind of a fun idea for the show today. Uh, we're going to play a game called Devil's Advocate. 
Okay. I feel like that's just how the show works. No, but this this way is a little different. Okay? So I still can't read. You are going to spin the wheel. Okay. And I'm already excited. Whatever boneheaded thing that happened in the world of tech this week. Oh, apparently I'm supposed to spin the wheel. Okay. I will uh, spin the wheel. I'm not excited anymore. Uh, well, let's let's take turns. Okay. We each get to spin the wheel. Beautiful. All right. So whatever boneheaded thing happened in the world of tech, okay. you have to defend it. Oh, okay. 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 So the topic list for this week. Oh, so are these topics? Yes. Ah. Is Twitter's ban on third-party apps. Okay. Apple TV's terms of service requiring a separate iOS device to accept them. Okay. Samsung's attempt to use patents to block refurbished screen imports. AI art generators. I feel like we should rule out AI art generators just because we've already talked about it on the show. Um, So if it lands on that, we'll spin again. Yeah. And Wyoming's bill that was introduced to phase out EV sales by 2035. Okay. 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 Do you want to go first or should I go first? So wait, what happens? Is the spinner defending it? Uh, The spinner will defend whatever topic comes up. Okay. On the wheel of pain. I, I don't care who goes first. Okay. Whatever works. Go for it. Okay. Either way, right? That's yeah, I don't way. think it... Wow, really? That's your spin? That's no, weak. No. What? You can't spin it again! I didn't see what it was, so it doesn't matter. Well, they did. You must def- Oh, no. What is it? Oh, no. You must defend Twitter banning third-party <sighs> apps. I feel like I should run through... So here's how we'll do it. Sorry, guys. This is our first time doing it. We should talk about the topic. I will run through the topic. Okay. And then you will defend it. Yeah, I like it. Last Thursday, all or nearly all third-party Twitter apps broke. The same day, a clause was quietly added to its developer agreement banning the creation of a substitute or similar service to the Twitter application. So, in effect, I don't even remember some of the names of third-party Twitter clients that I've used in the past, but I have used them. Hootsuite? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Uh, in, in effect, tools like Hootsuite or, no, there, there used to be like, okay, for example, on Windows Phone, there wasn't a first-party Twitter client. There was like a third-party one that just hooked into the API and made it, you know, use, it wasn't great, but it was usable. Um, After a long silence, Twitter has announced that it was simply enforcing its longstanding API rules, which may result in some apps not working. Twitter has not responded to any questions about which longstanding rules were broken. Well, they don't have a PR department. Questions that were posed by prominent members of the tech community, like our our friend over at MKBHD, one Marquez Keith Brownlee in high definition. (laughs) In 2021, Twitter had actually removed a clause discouraging but not banning third-party apps as a way of building a warmer relationship with these developers. In other news, Twitter is now being sued by a consulting firm claiming that it has not been paid for services rendered to Twitter during its lawsuit to force Musk to follow through on his purchase of the company. That's really funny. Uh, Okay, we'll talk about that more later. That's really, really funny. Anyway, um, okay. I think Defend. you saw. I think you still have. Isn't there one more thing? Nope. Oh, that's just not very interesting. Okay. 
Twitter is going through a, a, a refacing right now. It has a new CEO. It has a lot of new employees. It has a lot less total employees. Does it have a lot of new employees? I believe so. Don't they? Didn't they? Aren't they hiring? Twitter? Yeah. Twitter? Yeah. Didn't they let go like 75% of their workforce? Yeah, and I think they're also hiring. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so they've got new Both employees. Can be true. Okay, what that they have to do some with new anything? employees. Oh yeah, did I mention that the other person is allowed to poke holes in your defense the whole time? Sure. Yeah, I haven't made one yet, so okay. maybe you can sit the f down. <laughs> uh, this is gonna be so hard. <laughs> um, no, you have to be okay. straight faced. You're not allowed to acknowledge it. All right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they have a new face, and they need to be able to control their image. Because okay. their image matters, right? And having all these third-party apps running around, making custom experiences that are different to what they are trying to tailor-make for their audience could be bad for the platform. And they should enforce various rules that they have. You shouldn't just set rules and then not enforce them. It can be frustrating to be on a platform where the rules are really loosey-goosey and they get applied to some people in a certain way and other people in a certain way. It's a lot easier if it's very clear what you can and cannot do. So if rules exist, okay. they should be enforced. No, no, no. I have to stop you right there because it's obviously not clear what rules, what the right, rules are. so they're are. trying to make it clear. They're, no, they're not trying to make it clear. They're not responding. Oh, they don't have a PR department. When people... But that's not part of the debate, so it's okay. No, that is not okay because a key foundational piece of your argument is that they are trying to improve the clarity of their rules. Yeah, by enforcing them. By enforcing them. But... If no one can figure out what rules are being violated, then they obviously aren't clear enough. Oh, just don't make third-party apps. Just don't make third-party apps. That's not a defense of it. <laughs> that's the conclusion of it. Yeah, but that's okay. So you're just saying it's okay. Yeah, just don't make third-party apps. Fundamentally, that's all you got. What? I think it's fine. Twitter doesn't Twitter doesn't want you to make third-party apps, so don't make third-party apps. I, it seems pretty clear to me. I don't uh -huh. see why they would need a PR department, because the answer is very obvious. Don't make third-party apps. I see. And uh, just to kind of bring us back a little bit to your argument that Twitter is concerned about the image that it presents to the rest of the world. Of course. And the damage that third-party apps could do to it. I mean... Do I even have to explain how wrong that is? <laughs> well, Twitter is doing all... They're trying to release Twitter's... new features. They're trying to release new functionality. And if these third-party apps don't support those features and functionality, then those aren't going to get to the users. The, the image, the, the, the way that people interpret and, and use Twitter could be deeply affected by these third-party apps not responding and reflecting the experience that Twitter is trying to create for its users. So maybe they just shouldn't exist. And if it follows the rules to get rid of them, well, they should get rid of them because they should enforce their rules. I see. So if your goal in life is to have your product be as much of a dumpster fire as possible, then you are well within your rights to ensure that every user who interacts with it experiences the full dumpster fire. I wouldn't word it that way, but they are fully within their rights, correct? Okay, your argument boils down to legally they're within their rights. <laughs> that is a true state. I, again, wouldn't word it that way, but that is a true statement. Again, they're, they're, they're creating new features. There's, I, uh, the, I believe there's, the, I'm not super familiar with Twitter features, but I believe there's new home feed. I believe there's new feeds in your home. I don't know. 
Okay. I don't know Twitter features very well. But if the third-party apps don't reflect that, and that's a big thing that they want to push because they have this massive wave of new users, so clearly they're doing something right, um, and their servers have not gone down, despite everyone saying that they would, uh, they want to push Twitter in a new direction, and you don't want third-party people controlling what direction your platform is able to go in, okay. which they're able to do. Imagine you were releasing videos, all right, and you all started right. releasing a new type of video, but some third-party thing was just like, we're just not going to release that type of video whenever they release it. Would that annoy you as a video creator? But what about user choice? Would it annoy you as a video creator? As a video creator, if someone created a curated feed of my videos... If you started making no. a new and type that's of the content. Reason, no, and that's the reason that Twitter has engaged with these third-party apps over the course of their entire history is because overall they benefit from a broader ecosystem compared to a closed, more narrow one. If you were using Twitch. Sure. And you make a fixed... Say Twitch does more things than it does. Say Twitch actually was successful when they tried to do VODs. Sure. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> and you started releasing a new type of review content. And it's compatible with Twitch, but Twitch just decides to not upgrade. The, I, I don't know. Say it's like AV1 or something. Sure. And uh, Twitch doesn't update. So a bunch of users on Twitch are now unable to view those videos. But you've curated a massive user base on Twitch. Mm-hmm. That sees your standard content. So now you have these weird segmented content feeds. Yeah. You have some stuff that's going on YouTube yeah, and, and other and, stuff that can't go on Twitch. Yeah, and if that's because third they're refusing to update their platform. And if that third party if that third party platform doesn't update, then obviously they're going to shed users through Are natural they? attrition. You can't communicate to those users directly about this. Um communication to those users is controlled by that platform. Why is this a good thing for you? There's no benefit. The the benefit so is kill all so third kill party all apps. Okay. So you can actually control feature functionality. All right. So uh, the last new rule I'm going to add to this segment is that we're going to have to add a time limit because that took too long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And uh, two, our adjudicator will be Dan. Uh, so Dan, can you give Luke a rating out of ten for his defense of Twitter just cutting off third party apps? I don't know. That did seem pretty weak. I'm probably going to give you a 3 out of 10 because they're legally allowed to do it. Like, no, that's that's kind of weak. I don't that know. wasn't my argument. That's that's because I well, said if he your argument it wasn't wrong. clear, then it's still a 3 out of 10 defense. Okay. I need to make sure that I just completely. Oh, you do the thing that you don't like. Oh. What did I do? I need to shadow ban Linus. What did I do? It just wasn't my argument, and then you said that it was. Uh, no, I Which didn't say it was. Hate. Yeah, you did. When? Just That's now what, that Dan said it. He regurgitated what you said. Well, that was the argument you were making at no, the time. No, it wasn't. Fine. That, that was when I was paying attention. I was saying if they're going to have rules, they should enforce them. I, I wasn't saying that it's legally within their rights. Yeah, but they don't, they, they haven't made these rules clear. They don't seem to have them. You can't, if they had these rules, then they should reply and say what the rules are. But it's clear that they don't want anyone to know what the rules are because then they might be able to adjust their third-party apps to adhere to the rules. But they don't, they just want... don't want third-party apps. And that, I will... That's fair enough. Yeah. But to, but to say that they want clarity in their rules, 
That's a bad, that's a bad you argument. You didn't say they want clarity. You did say I that. I said they want to enforce them. This is going to be a great segment. It's already I, great. I'm I already angry. I, yeah, I don't think I've seen <laughs> so him this okay. fired up in forever. <laughs> I can talk again. I got a lot of built, pent up energy. I mean, okay, so, I mean, yeah, they don't want apps, right, Luke? But, yeah. but why shouldn't they allow apps? If it dilutes their brand? Is, is it because yeah. they're worse than what Twitter's making? Yes. Yeah. Oh, come on. I mean, that's... That's, yeah. Come on. Okay, Dan, you still have to rate it. We still have to move on. I would just been the wheel. I'm you up. There's a poll Four who out won of the 10. Twitter argument, and I'm winning. Four out of ten. Sixty-seven percent. All right, you managed to get an extra point. Are you, you got happy? An extra point. Four out of ten. I I'm going to burn now. this court to the ground. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll put a timer and I'll make some things for next time. Okay. It'll cool. be fancy. We the, should. The real main reason for it. Yes, it boils down to they simply don't want third-party apps. It has nothing to do with the rules. It has nothing to do with any kind of... Um, well, what if the rule is that there's no third-party apps? It has nothing to do with any... Well, that isn't, though. It has nothing to do with any kind of benefit of having a smaller ecosystem other than that many third-party apps do not display ads. So Twitter is trying desperately, desperately to something i don't know was well, that not defendable i feel like that would be easier to defend than what i just defended it could be it could be but because I mean, now you're fighting against your own argument sure but you're also fighting against your own partners and your own users your user your partners you have you but have you're, a, you're defending adblock so no yeah what you if could do. If it doesn't do, send ads and it uses no. Twitter's service. There's a correct way to update your API rules. The correct way is you give a time you window for compliance ads. and you create transparent, well communicated rules. And those transparent, well communicated rules include hey, you have to display ads at the same rate that the original Unless Twitter they just app does. Don't want third party apps at all. Unless they just don't want third party apps, which is, I mean, ultimately what you said. <laughs> which is right but it's not a defense it's a statement of fact but it's not a defense it's still crappy it's bad partnership it's bad management now i get to play sure all right i'm only familiar with some of these topics i don't get so. a final statement um is it this oh it's the ai art generators one okay i'll try again spin again yeah, this is hard to spin. I shouldn't have made fun of your weak spin because because the monitor, the wasn't screens are in the way. any better. Bloody hell! Did I just get AI art generators <laughs> again? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Crying out loud. Okay, I'll give it a proper. Just get away from the screens. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Let's go. Okay. Oh no. Is what is it? <sighs> Samsung screen patent. Okay, Luke, tell okay. us about it. I gotta find it. One sec. Do 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 do. Where is it? I guess I can control it. Yeah, it's in the dock. It's in the dock. Hmm. For next time, in the section of Devil's Advocate, the topic list should be hyperlinked. Yes. I, there's, you know what? There's a lot of things that we could do better. We're just—it's a small thing. I wasn't really. We're trying stuff, right? Like yeah. we wanna, we wanna kind of try to, we wanna kind of try to, without losing track of what the WAN show is, 
we want to kind of try and find some novel ways to engage with these topics. Is sure. basically the goal here. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I am actually. <laughs> like, man, he's getting fired up. I like it. Uh, so this is the reason why I couldn't find it was this is the U.S. farmers win right to repair argument uh, or, or right to repair farm equipment while Samsung undermines independent screen mm-hmm. repair. There's been a bunch of posts in Floatplane chat um, that this isn't legit. We'll see oh. through how this is written. How oh. legit that we say it is. Okay. Um, but people are saying that apparently this John Deere didn't actually do that, and Lewis Rossman has a video about it. Then I guess we'll, okay, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll see what the notes say. Though. Yeah, we'll see. What the, I guess it'll be good feedback for our new notes creator. Yeah. This month, John Deere signed a memorandum of understanding with the American Farm Bureau, an agricultural lobbyist. Oh, great. Uh, Acknowledging the American farmer's God-given right to fix their own equipment, including bringing it to independent repair facilities. The move follows years of efforts by John Deere to lock down its products, which make up over 50% of the U.S. tractors and combines market. Farmers have long reported huge delays during planting and harvesting uh, due to, or planting and harvest due to repair times. Uh, there is hope that this memorandum might act as a framework for future law, but similar to New York's recent right to repair legislation, these kinds of agreements are often riddled with caveats and loopholes. Mm. I do believe that's like the issue. Um, voluntary standards are not enforceable and the language of the memorandum is vague. Oh, that's an issue. Right. So, oh, I'm not allowed to say anything. In 2018, John Deere signed a similar agreement with the California Farm Bureau to limited effect. And John Deere has agreed to provide its repair tools for sale, as well as granting access to manuals, product guides, and diagnostic codes. Okay. Meanwhile, and I think this is the actual part that we're talking about, because I think... This just said Samsung, right? Yeah, it did. Okay. So, meanwhile, Samsung is now attempting to use an old OLED patent to get certain aftermarket and refurbished device screens banned from import into the United States. Thanks to buy underscore Mew, M-I-E-W, Mew, who posted a link to this on the LCD forum. This would restrict buyers from getting their phones repaired solely from the original vendor or licensed partners, which means the company can simply refuse to fix it. Samsung argues that this proposed ban is in part to protect consumers from inferior or defective products. Samsung has also added some tools and parts to its self-repair program with iFixit for Galaxy S22 phones and some Galaxy laptops. Some tools and parts. Who knows if it's all of them. Uh, There are still tons of devices that aren't covered, and the program appears to focus primarily on flagship products from the last three years, excluding easily broken foldables and popular budget models. (laughs) The replacement screen for the Galaxy S22 lineup comes bundled with a replacement battery and frame. It is not available separately, and tons of other parts just aren't available at all. Do we do the discussion topics when we do nope. these things? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Okay, I get to go now? Yes. <clears throat> I think this one is actually pretty simple to defend. And the reason for that... Nice essay intro. intro. Is that... Well, I'm buying time, obviously. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The reason for that is that as... You made an argument for, very recently actually, 
I am Samsung, right? So I'm I'm taking I'm taking on the role of Samsung. So I am well within my right to defend my patent. If someone has a problem with my patent uh, and thinks that for whatever reason they should be able to import their own inferior or knockoff products that violate it, well, then the correct legal process for them to go is through this defending a patent. Is, it didn't say anything about defending a patent. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they're using their OLED patent to get aftermarket and refurbished device screens banned from importing oh. to the U.S. Okay. And so if I hold a patent on these devices, well, at the end of the day, I have to defend my patent. And besides, there should be no reason that a user who purchased an authentic Samsung device made up out of completely authentic Samsung parts should want an inferior part. Why would they? If they wanted an inferior part, well, then they could... It's irrelevant what they want, though. Well, then they could go buy something from sh- some other sh- vendor. You shouldn't be deciding what the user wants. Well, I know what they want because they bought a Samsung phone. <laughs> you still don't get to decide what they but want, But they though. didn't want to compromise on quality in the first place, so why would they want to now? Maybe their opinion has changed. You don't get to decide that their opinion or stance on things changes. Phones are also extremely... You don't own your users. Phones are you just also, own your patent. Phones are extremely intricate devices... They are complex, they are difficult to repair, and, and here's the thing. I don't believe that the difficulty of repair should actually judge anything. Our entire lives are essentially tied to our phones. We, we run off of our phones. And so if there is a risk that the user could, thinking that they are getting a Samsung part, not ultimately get a brand new, authentic, fully functioning Samsung part, they could actually... Was End that up part in of the s- argument either? I don't think there's any, like, duping the users about it being a Samsung part. I would make the argument that the duping does not necessarily have to be done by the manufacturer of the part. I think so that as, like repair shops as, soon, it as, genuine? as soon as you make these, these janky parts available to budget repair shops, I think it is as likely that these repair shops will pass along the discount, as it is that these repair shops will misrepresent the product as a genuine Samsung product. That creates a tarnish on the Samsung brand when users ultimately start to perceive Samsung as less performant and less reliable. Okay, the other bit, and this is, this is really important, is that, sure, you can attack the limited devices that we're providing our self-service repair and our parts for, but... I think it's pretty clear that for these older devices, it probably doesn't make economic sense for people to go and repair them anyway, given that we have great new phones available, like the A series, where you can get... I don't a, think it's up to you to decide what is worth repairing and not worth repairing. But I get to make users. my argument, right? I'm also allowed to make counter arguments. Okay, we have a great... So I do believe that if you want to enforce this level of patent, that you should make available all parts needed to repair said phones. And I do believe that they should not have to be bundled. I don't think you should have to buy a frame for a phone when you actually just need to replace a screen. Sure, but here's the issue with that. For us to build these products to a standard of quality that our customers expect, it's not economically viable when the reality of it is, when we're mass producing them, we can deliver a great quality product like the A-Series that is functionally not even that much more expensive than if you were to just buy a display. Now you've got a brand new device with a great camera, great display. As a part of your mass manufacturing, you can just create additional screens. Brand new battery. Well, we don't have the line spun up for these old phones anymore. Why would we? We're not making them. Create more in the first place. But we didn't it do that. It is fairly... Well, it's you too should late. Commit to doing that in the future. 
Well, we can talk about that in the future, but for now, we haven't. As for foldables... I think as a part, if you want to push this bill through... Are you going to let me finish? Part, no. I'm I, allowed to make counter-arguments. <laughs> I think if you want to push this through, we will have to make some form of agreement that you would over-manufacture parts in the future, as would be expected from a company that is going to service warranties anyways. By saying that you can fix these phones... In di like directly, you are saying that you have these parts on hand. I'm not saying you can fix the phones. The average user is an idiot, no, and based on that, that you don't you, seem to be understanding my can. argument. <laughs> I think you might don't be one of them. Go there. <laughs> Finally, you're, you're saying that you can fix the phones, which means that you have the parts. So the argument of not having the part is completely useless. But the costs are high. Sure, but you're saying that you can fix the but phone. But there's storage costs. You have the part, right? And, and there's training costs. So charge the users. And that. we have to build the tools. We have to build the program for this. It's going to take time. Finally. Actually, none of that makes any sense. There's no training cost to train users to fix their own phones. Oh, you have to, cre you have to create the program where they are trained to do it. Absolutely. No, you don't. Apple, Apple did it. Do they charge people for it? No, but you have to do it. It's a, it's a fixed cost associated with running the program. You absolutely what have program? to do it. A self-repair program. Just sell it through iFixit. Well, we are selling parts through iFixit. Sell it's just, more and in individual components instead of packages. It's going to take time. Besides, you got to understand, a lot of the sourcing for the components of a phone is not done individually. Like, even at the factory. Okay? Yeah, it, but you sell a screen as a component. Look, it's going to have the connector cable. It's going to have everything else in Sure. Combined. Look, you work for this channel, uh, Linus Tech Tips or something like that, right? <laughs> Technically, no. Okay, so they did... <laughs> Maybe not anymore. Uh, <laughs> I haven't fired Luke in a while. Okay, uh, <laughs> they did a video where they toured the factory of one of our competitors, where you could plainly see that on the factory floor, components are actually coming in as assemblies. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna take finished assemblies and then break them apart into their constituent components for these repair programs. At the very most, you could possibly expect. We would provide the same assemblies that right we use. Right now, we're currently talking about a screen, correct? Yeah, but, but a screen... So a screen would be one unit at one point in time in that process, correct? Not necessarily. Because, I mean, you got to understand, like with global manufacturing, that screen factory that is creating the assemblies, it, that, that is not like a shipping endpoint for, for this supply chain. That goes to a factory as an assembly. You can repair a phone. Yes. If I send you one of my, we Samsung will use phones, an assembly. We okay. will use an assembly. So sell an assembly. Right. So well, that, but I'm only talking about this because you told me not to sell assemblies. I don't think I said anything about an assembly. The we'll package, let the audience be the, the judge of that. The package that includes a frame and whatnot else, I don't think is the assembly that you're describing. Well, it depends. That assembly may be very fragile, and there could be a high chance that the user would damage it. It's going to have to be handled on a case by case basis. No. Anyway, my final point, if I can finally make it, no. is that we're going to have to handle these things case by case. And as for foldables... I don't well, believe you have to handle them case by case. Okay, I really do offering... need to get this last point out so that we can okay. get through the segment. Okay. <laughs> as for foldables, we don't need replacement screens. A, because they are basically functionally impossible to replace. And B, they're flexible displays. How could you possibly break it? <laughs> there. I rest Unless my case. A manufacturing defect. Can you fix a folding phone? If Me? a user has an issue with it, 
uh, and sends you a folding phone. I'm talking to you as I'm, I'm Samsung the character right yes. now. I legitimately don't know. Okay. <laughs> I actually don't know if they'd be able to. They're okay. quite fused. No, I know. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, great points for playing the character of Samsung. Um, I was shaking and angry that whole time. <laughs> I, I hate you so much. Uh, yes. You did, an, yes. you did an excellent job. Uh, Embodying Samsung and all of the talking points that I can see them making, which are all <laughs> disgusting and goddamn it. Um, oh, my cheeks hurt. Yeah, so you certainly get a uh, a bunch more points for... Wow, rude. <laughs> well, I didn't feel like you were Twitter. You didn't make me feel like you were Twitter. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, I don't know. The arguments are, are weak, and uh, <laughs> I think I would have preferred to have a take that was... Why Linus would want to protect his phones. Like if uh, Creator Warehouse made a phone, why you would lock them down with uh, a serial number and ID in the screen. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got to give me a score. You're getting a six. I got a six. You got I a win. six. Because wow. I, I wow. almost cried. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would just like to fix things. All right. Thanks, okay. What would it take? What would it take to get like a nine? Well, let's see. A nine to me would be your points are... Because uh, that I was can, pretty... I felt like I he can... had me on the ropes for a little while there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And then I, I had some, some ways to throw back. But, like, what, what would he have to do? Like, what would that argument need to look like to be a nine? I think you would probably have to make a good case for it. I think it might that, be impossible inherently because yeah. the segment yeah. is called actually I don't know if I ever told you guys what it's called. It's called Wheel Defend the Indefensible. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's what the version of the Wheel of Pain is. So this you would week. have to actually actually win Dan over. Yeah. yeah. I mean not necessarily as to well because I have my own biases. I'm extremely biased against that uh, entire topic, right? So but for if, you there is no nine basically I'm is sure what I'm trying be. to get to. If, I don't think there, there should be. If there was a way... And that's fine, I just... I mean, if there was a reason for Linus to come up with that would make sense, like, I don't know, even even locking down the batteries, you're not allowed to open your phone because you're going to destroy the battery and you're going to blow down, blow up your house, yeah, you sure. know? Liability issues, that sort yep. of thing. Uh, it, there's no uh, eventual argument I think you could, you could find for these topics. Um, and that's, yeah... Yeah, I, th I think I think that a well-designed um, defend the indefensible should never have uh, should never have a nine Something out of ten or a ten out of ten. Uh, so basically, it comes down to how well you can play the part. Um, I think we absolutely need to set a time limit for next time, uh, or we need to set like a like I a clear um, like a speaker's baton or whatever. Yes. Yes. So we can't yeah. talk over each other, but there's like a clear. I state my case. You offer your rebuttal. I get to kind of close out my argument, and then the judge decides. Yeah. And I think it should take place over a span of like three to four minutes. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good time. I think time. that's a good idea. Uh, Ferna 182 in the float plane chat says, a nine should be being so convincing you actually need to punch the other person in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, the, the pure patent argument was actually pretty good. I think it was... And I think you had to because you have to follow the points that are being made in the like article or whatever. Sure. But uh, once you yeah. once you veered off the purely talking about patents, then it, it started getting pokeable. But when it's just a patent, it's like, oh yeah, they do actually have. Well, yeah, it's like that's your patent. So yeah. like, no, yeah, no. And I mean, I mean, okay, 
I think you could probably poke holes in that anyway. You could attack the broken patent system. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's atrocious. But, yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, we we became aware of a patent that is basically just like attaching RGB LEDs to a particular like uh, <sighs> like product. You want to know something? That's and I'm sitting annoying? here going, well, come on. Right. And the legal process for it is either you just make your product, wait for them to sue you and then counter sue. Or you have to like go and try and get their patent invalidated, and it's like, okay, brutal. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say? The do you, so I don't know if you remember this, but really long time ago there was a game. I don't remember what game it was, uh, but during loading screens, minor VGA. <laughs> during loading screens, there yes. was like a little mini game that you could play. You know about this? Yes, I do. Um, and there's a patent on mini games during loading screens, which like. Isn't that important these days? Because most loading screens are pretty short now, right? Yes. But back in the day, there were some loading screens that were pretty chungus. If you were playing like Morrowind on the original Xbox, it was long. That loading screen took forever. Loading back off of like DVDs and CDs and stuff like that used to take a really long time. Painful. So at that point in time, if you could just play like Pong. Yeah. Like, if you're playing a multiplayer game and there's a huge loading screen, you and your buddy can, like, fight each other in Pong or, like, some other, like, who cares little game that'll just keep you interested. Yep. That would have been way better. But some Bandai Namco. Was, yeah? Yeah. Why? They patented it and then they were just like, nope, nobody can do it. You'll have to pay us. And then it's not going to be worth it to pay them for anybody because it's just a minor inconvenience. Someone's going to buy the game So basically, decades of people's lives were spent... Just sitting, staring at loading bars. Staring at loading bars. Just why? What was the point? Ugh. Money. Please react to Sky Oblivion. Yeah, I don't... Oh. I mean, you were talking about it before the show started. It's I'm, not in the dock, I'm but... I'm personally extremely excited. Um, why don't you tell the people what it is? So, Sky Oblivion, and let me look it up just to make sure that I say it in the way that they say it. Uh, Sky Oblivion is a volunteer-based project by the Test Renewal Modding Group. Test Renewal... Sure. Yeah. Test renewal, as far as my understanding goes, includes uh, Sky Oblivion and um, Skywind. Is it Skywind? I think it's Skywind, which is the uh, Morrowind in, in Skyrim engine. Uh, we aim to bring the uh, Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion to a new generation of gamers and reintroduce it to longtime fans of the series. We are currently in the process of remaking Cyrodiil, along with all of its quests, locations, and characters into Skyrim and Skyrim Special Edition. So they built Oblivion into the Skyrim engine. That is wild. And they, the, when they make like textures and, and everything else that goes into making a game visually, auditorially, everything else, they made really good quality ones. So it looks better than Skyrim did when it launched. Wow. And Skyrim, like vanilla Skyrim is... It's okay. It's okay. It's dated, but it... Sure, it feels old, but yeah. it doesn't feel old like uh, like original RuneScape or Morrowind, for example. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel old like that. Yeah. Oblivion's Like, I can't tell does. what that is. It's not that kind of old. Yeah. Like, is that supposed to be leather or stone? Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, Skyrim was like, wood. It's, it's kind of okay. It doesn't age as bad as a lot of old games, even though it's from, or skin point, tones over a decade ago. Yeah. Um, but the, the models and stuff that they, that they've made, um, let's talk about fair use for a second. I can show part of the trailer here. Can I, I mean, oh, this player, like you can try. 
Let me bring it up on YouTube. It's going to show an ad. Oh my goodness. Okay. Skip. There we go. Let's jump into it. Like it looks. That looks really good. Really good. good. It looks great. This is in the Skyrim engine. So the controls are going to be pretty good. It supports these like high resolution textures. Wow. Because the Skyrim engine does. Um, the Marble Jaws with Oblivion. I'm super excited about this. The announcement is like 2025 or something. Right. But they've been working on this for a really long time. So the fact that it has a date at all is fantastic. And what I've heard from at least one member of the team is that they think that the date is very safe. Right. They think they're going to be done ahead of the date that they placed. But they put it there because they're like, we can definitely make this. And that's the right way to approach it. Does that so horse have cool. armor, though? <laughs> <laughs> There's some armor sitting on top of the horse. And uh, yeah, you can see like, no, it no, it doesn't look like a release today, new AAA absolute But title. that's not the point. Not the point. That's not it the point. It looks amazing for the fact that it's oblivion it looks amazing yes. even for like really high quality skyrim mods because yeah. this is a really high quality skyrim mod yeah. which is just the entirety of oblivion and the thing I'm is like super super excited the about this. bar isn't as high for an older game you're just trying to make it digestible for a modern gamer like i tried to play morrowind when you talked about how much you loved it and this is even like 10 years ago i just couldn't <laughs> It, it's brutal i couldn't get into it yeah and like f for my kids for example you know like i might love final fantasy 6 but between the janky translation and lack of creature comforts like auto save and stuff like like, like it's just it's hard for them to get into it whereas like i'm sitting here going oh yeah pixel remaster even if it's just to kind of share something that i love with my kids it's probably worth the 25 bucks or whatever it is mm -hmm. uh versus just like you know <laughs> blowing out a cart and sticking it into uh into a snes and you know, it's just, yeah, just not worth it. Uh, apparently, someone in uh, Flow Plane chat said they they did add horse armor. Oh my She's God. genuinely hilarious. Um, but yeah, Skywind is the other one. I'm obviously like more excited about Skywind because Morrowind's my favorite game. But Oblivion's a, I I loved Oblivion as it's well. It's the one Elder Scrolls game I've actually played. Yeah. Like, all the way through, tons of side quests. Like, I played the crap out of Oblivion. It's a really good game. Um, I wasn't, I didn't have a good computer for Morrowind. And then I had a lot on my plate for Skyrim. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oblivion was a massive step in, like, visual fidelity and sure. game mechanics that were approachable for people. Sure. Um, a lot of what I don't like about the step from Morrowind to Oblivion is, like, Morrowind had more different weapon categories and deeper systems in certain ways and like all this yeah, but you play jump. Tarkov yeah yeah <laughs> it's like oh I'm sorry you want to put that bullet in that gun in that weather at that time of day well 366 ammo fits in a 762 mag but it doesn't fit into a 762 rifle <laughs> anywho yeah so like I, I, I understand but yeah, I'm really, really excited about this. I'm absolutely going to play it the day it launches. Um, really cool project. I do believe they're looking for volunteers. So if you're if you're into whatever they're looking for, probably development. But I know they, they often look... It might be done now. I don't know. But they often look for like voice actors and whatever else. Because they're redoing like a lot of the, the voice lines and stuff. And I, as That's far cool. as I know, they're adding more than what the base game had. That's pretty cool. Uh, so I don't know. 
Hopefully I didn't say anything wrong there, but very exciting. Uh, why don't we do a couple of merch messages? For those of you wondering, the way to have your message come across the bottom of the screen here, maybe get an answer from Dan, maybe we'll talk about it on the show, is you head over to lttstore.com, and we've got a new product announcement this week. Yeah. Dun, 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 There's more. Wait, what the crap? Where's the, where's the link to this? Ah, yes! Here it is. We have a new color of underwear! Now with this cool, like, circuit design in yellow, black, and purple slash white and blue. Uh, here's all the different styles that we have. Uh, thank you to our wonderful underwear models who helped us model all the new stuff. Is he dancing with a skeleton? I love it. Thanks, Tynan. That's uh, <laughs> truly wonderful. Uh, I'm having a lively conversation with um, my mannequin. You know our matching underwear, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anywho... We've got lots of stock of these. They just came in, and I mean the reviews are the reviews are in on the LTT underwear. It's four and a what is it? I think four and a half stars or whatever it works out to with over four hundred reviews. This has been one of our most successful long term products. Uh, guys, check them out. Anyway, the reason that I'm mentioning this is because lots of people throw money at like well people who are quite wealthy on the internet and get basically nothing in return other than maybe being noticed by Senpai, uh, which I've always found kind of ridiculous. Uh, so we created a better system. You can send a merch message, and that way Senpai might notice you, Senpai might not, but either way you will get some quality merchandise in the mail. Uh, just check out the merch messages box in the cart, and your merch message will go through to producer Dan, who will uh, funnel it into the appropriate place where it might go. Dan, do you want to feed us a couple merch messages? Sure, I've got one here from James. Question for Luke and Linus. Either one of you ever play RuneScape back in the day? Seems like a lot of people have forgotten about it. I never tried it. I I definitely did play. Um, I was very into games like that. Um, what are the other games like that? Well, back then it was... I mean, not back then. It's an MMO. Okay. RuneScape, it, it, different format. It was in your browser, all this kind of stuff. But sure. it was still an MMO. Sure. Um, I was I was a, a little small child when RuneScape was first kind of coming around. So I have two stories that i think are funny from back in the runescape days we had net nanny and dial-up also known as the internet is probably slower than most people watching this could actually understand um to the point where i tell this story and people think i'm exaggerating and i'm not uh i used to load up runescape and then i think i've told you this before i used to load up runescape and then go downstairs make a sandwich make some juice eat the sandwich, drink the juice, go back upstairs, and it was usually almost done loading. And I am not exaggerating. And I eat really slowly. <laughs> and this is something that I could do consistently. It was impressive to me, even when I was a kid, that it would complete loading. Yeah. <laughs> but it would. And then I could actually play the game, which was great. Um, but And then the other one is that uh, it's an MMO. People talk to each other. And... In that game, speech bubbles, right? Mm -hmm, sure. So I would walk by and I would see someone with a speech bubble over their head and I would automatically think they were talking to me. So I used to just run up to anyone that was talking and just respond to anything that they were saying. <laughs> and one of my yeah. friends like watched me play once and then was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, they're not talking to you. They're talking to the person that's like standing in front of them or whatever. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay. 
I mean, we've all had our idiotic gaming <laughs> moments. I have some far more recent ones than that. Oh? Yeah, there was this VR game that um, was like an arena, like a like a three-dimensional arena, like space, like shooter thing. Sure. Um, the only way that I, the way that I could best describe it is there's this like uh, showdown scene where like the 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 dark Jedi student fights one of the good ones in the um, in the Young Jedi Knight series of like expanded universe novels where they're in, it's basically like this dome cage match zero gravity thing. Uh, so anyway, it was like kind of like that, um, which is going to be pretty ob- pretty obscure way of describing it. I actually can picture it perfectly though. Yeah, but, like but the, for most the, yeah. the scene with Zek and he fight has to fight like Jaina or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, yeah. the point is like a lot better than the sequel trilogy. Anyway, um, it was basically that, and I didn't realize as I was like sitting there like just talking to myself about like my frustrations and like oh, chatting with Yvonne open? that the mic that the mic in this game is just like <laughs> automatically open and I've got these like eleven year olds screeching in my ear. I can't figure out how to turn it off. I'm sitting there going, how do I turn this off? How do I turn this off? <laughs> it was it was definitely a, an old man moment for me. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um all right, Dan hit me. Okay, this one's from Nathan. Thoughts on account locked phones becoming largely e waste fell into the trap of unknowingly buying a locked phone on eBay, and Apple would not take the phone or assist in any way. They can be used for parts, but it would be nice if they were reusable. Account-locked phones? What do you mean? Yeah, iCloud-locked phones, that sort of thing. Uh, They're basically... I don't use Apple. (laughs) Yeah, they're basically internet factory hardware locked, and you can't get past them very easily at all. Hmm. Honestly, I fully support it. I know, controversial take, but... Password like hardware encrypted devices. Wouldn't this with the store with the NAND with like with the storage whether through the NAND or through the controller with the storage essentially permanently bound to the board, basically eliminated phone theft. I was just going to say, wouldn't this dissuade phone theft? Yeah, and to be clear, phone theft is not eliminated, and there are workarounds. You 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 can desolder component, but it it significantly de-incentivized phone theft. And phone theft was a huge problem in the early to mid-naughts. If you you were able to get into the phone, could you release your account from it? Yeah. Yeah, then I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, so it's... But, well, it is a problem because we run into careless users donating phones and not unlocking them, or even careless organizations basically saying, yeah, um, these are all managed by our organization. We wish for these to be destroyed because we have whatever irrational concerns about data theft or whatever from our school or whatever stupid thing. Like, what, like, what, what's, what's, now, okay, I shouldn't say that. There are valid reasons why a school, blah, blah, student grades, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, they can be wiped. It's fine. Chill. Um, so where they basically dictate, no, these these iPads need to be destroyed because someone might, you know, find yeah, out you, our you, typing tutor scores you or can't whatever. Take away. I I don't think they should take that feature away just because there's like negligent use. No, but Still like we do need a solution though, right? And the only you know the only really viable solution is a backdoor, and a backdoor is automatically 
a backdoor is a door. If you have the key, someone else has the key. Exactly. And so, I, yeah, it's it's one of those really tough ones, right? Like I've I've said before on this show, um, anyone who claims that the solution is simple uh, to a problem that has not been solved yet is either a, a, a liar or an idiot, right? I, all I'm saying here is that I think the solution is worth it. Like I, I think phones should be hard locked. Yeah. Oh no, no. I, I meant the solution to this e-waste problem. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I just, I yeah, no. I I fully support working device encryption, uh, whether it's phones or laptops, computers, um, portable ones, not portable ones, are no longer such a huge target for theft. And it, it's it's in my my take. Whether I can defend it or not, um, is I think it's better this way. Yeah, me. T- uh, yeah, me too. And you know what? Me too. That's <laughs> one thing that I do agree with. But let me into the bootloader when I own the phone. Yeah. I mean, if you want another one? You're you gonna move on. You won't get any argument from us there. No. Yep. <laughs> you know what? I want to. I want to do a not merch message one real quick here. This sure. is from Dark Twenty Four over in the Float Plane chat. Uh, I don't like merch messages. To me, it's too convoluted to try and get a message to Wan Show. It needs to be as easy as it is on YouTube. Plus, I get you think it's better for the user, but users don't necessarily care that YouTube gets a split. Where our LTT does not want YouTube to get that cut. So it's a couple of things. Um, number one is, yeah, it, yeah, it's more convoluted. We had to build the tool ourselves uh, because Merch Messages wasn't working properly, still isn't no, working stop. properly. Or Merch Super Chats wasn't working properly. Uh, back to my screen sharing still isn't working properly. Literally none. The entire show, I doubt it. Oh my God, stop. Uh, usually when I show you guys this, there's a, like one here because people don't get the message and they send it through here. And I'm like, okay, I mean, if you really want to, by all means, I'm not going to turn it off. Like if you just want to throw money at the screen, I, that that's, I mean, that's your right, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's convoluted. We had to, we had to build it, but it's also not about being, um, it's, a part of it is, yeah, I don't think you should, YouTube should get a split for building features that don't work properly. No, no, I, I actually don't think they do, and we can disagree on that. Um, we've, we've had a lot of cases where you need to refresh the page or something. Whatever happens, you lose that tab. And they go away. Now, historically, all of them are gone, and that's yeah. a huge friction point. That, that's a bad user experience. I don't really think that's debatable. Um, mm-hmm. And then as for, as for I get you think it is better for the user, again, I don't really, I don't really think that's debatable. It, it is everything that, uh, you know, whatever bits or whatever other thing is, it is a way of interacting with the show. You know, you can have a little thing come up or whatever. Um, and if you don't want the thing in the mail, you can just buy a gift card. Like, if you just want to throw money at the screen, then, like, I guess you can do that. We, we have gift cards. Um, and, I mean, oof, I'm, about to, I'm about to have a super hot take here. Um, I had someone criticize us for the lowest the lowest barrier of entry for merch messages being the $10 gift card because that's the lowest value of gift card on LTT store. And I, I had typed up the thing. I decided not to send it, but I guess I'm going to say it now live on the show is that $10 threshold shouldn't be a problem. If you don't have $10 of disposable income, you should not be throwing it at me. Don't do a merch message. Yeah. Yeah. Plain and simple. Um, if you happen to need something and we have a high quality version of that thing you happen to need, by all means, 
send in a merch message. But if ten dollars is if money is that tight for you that that you need it to be five dollars instead of ten dollars, we don't want it. I don't want it. Yep. All right. Uh, Dan, hit me with one more, and then we'll do a couple more topics, and then we'll go into more of the like merch message Q and A towards the end of the show. Oh yeah, sure. Um, on the same sort of vein of our uh, high quality products, what is your process of selecting a supplier for a new or existing LTTstore.com merch? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, well, one of the, uh, 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 there's a lot of different ways you can kind of tackle it. So uh, with the backpack, for example, uh, we are not working. We are okay. We are. We can communicate directly with the actual manufacturer, but we are working through a firm that uh, facilitates uh, these kinds of products. Um, so they have their own kind of like factory network, and they helped us out a lot with the durability, uh, material selection. Like we were not, um, I don't, know, I don't know, whatever the whatever the way of using the word hubris is to to describe this. We're we're not egotistical enough to think that somehow we can just walk into a completely new uh, product category and imagine that we're somehow going to absolutely nail it on the first try without some help. So we, we worked through um, a third-party firm. Um, so in that case, it was, you know, we found someone who had the relationships and had the capabilities to help us bring it to market. Uh, in the case of the screwdriver, for example, it was... Um, pretty similar but then ended up being different because of the way that the relationship between our partner and their factory broke down during the process which we outline in more detail in the video on the making of the screwdriver um in the case of something like water bottles um you know we were we kind of reached out to pretty much every water bottle manufacturer we could find uh until we we laid out our specs so it's kind of like an odm job so do you know the difference between oem and odm no i've actually never heard of odm oh okay so uh oem or original equipment manufacturer is basically where um, a factory builds a product for someone else to slap their label on and sell that is an oem product an odm product is where you go to the manufacturer who makes said products and you go Okay, what you have is pretty okay, but here are my specs, and we need you to okay. build it to this standard. Okay. Um, so the vast, vast majority of what is on LTTstore.com would be ODM uh, work from the manufacturers. So they have a base product, you wanted some changes to it. Yeah, so like plushies, for example. They make plushies. They don't make a Linus-shaped one. That makes sense. Obviously, right? Why would they? Um, yeah, like you're not, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like so, you didn't you didn't just rebadge a product. No. But you also didn't make a new manufacturing facility for a product. No. You worked with a manufacturing facility that makes similar things and just got them to adapt it to what you wanted. Yeah. And that a lot of sense. the times, um, you know, it's it not everything comes from under one roof, right? Right? Like even something as simple as a pair of underwear. Right? There's they're gonna have to bring in elastics from somewhere else. Uh getting this um uh this plastic like free packaging. Way. Yeah. Uh, involved finding a source for plastic-free packaging that will also keep it safe and shipping, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Like, we're trying to move completely away from plastic in our packaging. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that when everything you're building is custom, 
Um, you know, even down to the even down to the composition of this, the um, uh, the oh, I don't want to get it wrong. And our first generation labels are really bad. Uh, that's something we're improving, so I actually can't read it. So you know what? It doesn't matter. The point is the the, the fiber blend of like our custom shirts was a painstaking process. That's why it takes us so long. All right, why don't we do a couple more topics here? All right. Oh, there's an LTX 2023 update. Uh, we have an FAQ now. We have safety policies. Um, do we have do we have a contact? We, info? We, we don't yet have a date that we're going to be reaching out to LTX 2020 VIP ticket holders, but they are saying very soon. Uh, ask us questions via the form on the FAQ page or by emailing info at ltxexpo.com. There you go. All right. So we have uh, we have support now, which is pretty cool. Uh, maybe don't everyone message support your question at once. Maybe assume someone else will do it and it'll be added to the FAQ sometime in the next week or two. Uh, we do not have a team of eight people working on support for LTX at this time, given that the expo is still like almost six months out. Uh, uh, we do have expo sponsors and partners that we can share publicly. Oh, so cool. Corsair, the Gaming Stadium, Canto, Memory Express, MSI, NZXT, Seasonic, and Secret Lab. Those guys. Cool. If there are partners who want to exhibit or work with us, reach out to partner at ltxexpo.com. Heck yeah. All right. Oh, I need to talk about the new angel investment disclosure. So yes. I had talked recently about how there was a NAS product that I was really excited about the future of. Um, I have a couple more things to share. Uh, so first of all is that based on you guys being overwhelmingly supportive of it, I, I really don't think that I've allowed the float plane sponsorship to affect our content in any meaningful way. Uh, I obviously daily drive a float plane laptop. I obviously want them to succeed, but um, okay. I mean, hit me. I just didn't know we were making laptops. We are? A video players, a video website is hard enough. No, 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 no. I'm not making laptops. No, I invested in float. Uh, oh, float. <laughs> It's a big endeavor. Uh, if you want me to do it, man, I'll figure it out. I'm just saying Thank it's you. hard, and we already do a lot uh, of hard stuff. Framework. Apparently, I can't even remember what company <laughs> I'm invested in. So I, got, I mean, I'm invested in that one too. So it's all kind of the same to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anywho, yeah, I don't. I, 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 I sincerely do not believe I have allowed it to affect my laptop coverage. Frankly, most days I don't think of it uh, at all. Even when I am sitting down, like evaluating a laptop, I don't, I don't necessarily remember unless I look at the laptop and I go, "Wow, that seems like really anti-consumer or really anti-right to repair." I wish it was more like Framework, who I am invested in, right? Like that. <laughs> it's kind of an afterthought for me. Yeah. Um, but this one, I think, is even more cut and dried, just because it's a category of product that we don't really cover to the same degree. Um, so it's NAS software. And um, the bottom line is that enterprise NAS solutions, yeah, they have their place, uh, but current operating systems tend to assume that the person managing and configuring the server is an IT expert. And not like enthusiast who's like into it, but someone who actually like has 
some training or has done extensive research. Um, they can be frustrating and inaccessible to small creators, uh, consumers, prosumers, and enthusiasts. So the goal with this project is to design an intuitive and accessible home server solution for all users. Uh, the new company has, they describe themselves as an impressive team. I love you guys. They have a team for sure. Um, I'll, I, I look forward to being impressed. You call your team world-class. I do, My team is world-class. Sometimes they even get the pee in the toilet without getting it on the seat. <laughs> I consider that to be quite world-class. <laughs> Bit of an inside joke. Yeah, um, yeah. Anywho, uh, you know what? Fine, I'll bite. The new company has an impressive team headed by two longtime tech veterans who recently completed an eight-year stint at Unraid, where they were responsible for modernization in the form of implementing Docker and virtual machines, GPU pass-through, uh, and rebranding and marketing, respectively. We're not going to get too far into the weeds for now, but I am officially their angel investor, and uh, you can expect some updates in the future. I'm actually excited for this. Yeah, I'm really excited. Have you ever met the, the, those guys? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I, cool. Well, okay. The video call. Okay, yeah. Like way back in the day. They're, they're cool enough that um, I don't even have a proper legal document for my shares, and they already have the check. <laughs> so either I just got ripped super hard. That would be pretty epic. Or, um, or these guys are super chill. And and I'm right about that, and this is going to be awesome. There really is no middle ground here, I think. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, cool. Uh, what else we got to talk about today? Oh, 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 thank goodness. There's a new HomePod. Now with temperature and humidity sensors for smart home. I thought they were done with these. I thought so, too, but no, it's a second-gen HomePod. It's $50 less than the first-gen starting price at $300. US It has fewer tweeters and fewer mics, which is cool. But it adds UWB and thread. So, you can, so it has like that, um, that like location, lo- location chip, which uh, could be actually really neat. Like if you had HomePods all over your house because you're a mega baller, and then you have your iPhone, it could like know where you are and like play music. You're farther away, it could like make it louder or something. I don't know that they'll ever implement anything like that, but theoretically they could. Um, the HomePod Mini also secretly included the humidity and temperature sensors, so it will be updated to activate them. So that's cool. Adding features to a smart home product instead of removing them. I mean, I guess I support this. I'm not that into um, hidden sensors and things that are not disclosed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> Dan just leaves. (laughs) He's gone. He walked right off. I mean, if he's anything like me, he probably has to go pee pee at this point because we've been on the show for quite a while. It has been a long time. Um, Anyway, there's some also other more different new Apple products. Um, There's M2 Pro and Max, and they're faster. And there's like some MacBooks and some Mac Minis that have those in them. I guess that's pretty cool. This is a pretty quiet announcement. Uh, I think we got our hands on a couple of them. I don't even know if we're going to cover these things on LTT, though. We, 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 just, we tend to be so late on them that by the time we cover them, the, the conversation's sort of over. So we'll probably just hit them on short circuit. Yeah, sorry, it's lower quality content, but you guys don't want the in-depth stuff, apparently, because you don't watch it, so I guess whatever. Um, and then uh, we'll definitely cover them on MAC address eventually. Um, you know, they'll, they'll get around to it. 
And then in the future, once the lab is all set up, we'll be able to like really pump this stuff out. But in the meantime, I just don't think it's uh, feasible on LTT. We've got too much else going on. In other Apple news, <laughs> Apple TV requires a separate Apple device to accept the terms of service. This week, Twitter user at HugeLGUpf posted a picture of their Apple TV, which was inoperable because it required the user to accept the terms and conditions agreement on a separate device using an up-to-date copy of iOS. I have talked extensively about this kind of from Apple. Oh, I'm sorry. You haven't purchased enough of our products. Well, I hope you don't expect the ones you did buy to function. Ha ha! Maybe next time you should be more rich. I was I was actually hoping this was going to come up from the wheel. Because um, I, was, I was really interested how this was going to go if someone had to try to defend this. Every time it was spanned by either of us. I was, I was just going to go gonna straight up. after poor people. <laughs> that was my plan. I was going to be like, well, they should get more money then. <laughs> That's a 10. <laughs> That's a 10. That's a 10. And boom. No, we don't. Got yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I mean, I've talked about this so much in the past. As a daily driver user of one, and exactly one, Apple product, the AirPods Pro 2s, or are they called Pro 2s? I don't even remember. Whatever. The second gen AirPods Pros. I can't keep track of their naming crap. I am also um, a user of one and exactly one Apple product, and it is the first gen, just straight up AirPods. So as a user of one Apple product, I have found myself extremely frustrated at the way that I am treated. I am treated as a second class citizen. There is no, there is literally no way for me to update the firmware of my product. In the case of the first-gen AirPods, that was apparently a bit of a bullet dodge, um, given that they nerfed the active noise cancellation. But in the case of the second-gen AirPods, I haven't seen any reason to believe that that would be a benefit. And the fact that there is no way to plug that device, because they don't explicitly say that it is not supported on Android or Windows devices, and it does, in fact, work just fine. Okay, so then would you consider not providing firmware updates to be... Supported? I don't know. I don't know. Seems pretty BS to me. Um, and the so the only way to update your firmware is to be paired to an app to an iPhone, to have it nearby, and to have them both be charging and sleeping essentially, and then it will just happen automatically. That's not an acceptable answer. And I mean, Apple knew that once upon a time, back in the days of the iPod, they built iTunes for Windows because they understood yeah. when you bought an iPod, you expect iPod. <laughs> yep. Um, Someone in Floatplane chat said that they're an Apple employee and that this is a bug, but I don't believe them. I believe them. Um, I just don't believe that it's a high priority bug. I think that if, if there's no public confirmation, it's not a high priority bug. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that this this is one of those. This is also one of those bugs that comes about from tunnel vision. Like this, this, this is a bug that exists because that's the, not a bug. There'll be a lack of a feature because the no, no. I mean, the product is developed in an environment where there's an assumption. There's it's kind of like okay, I had a really awkward encounter in a bathroom once. Oh my. Okay. Wow. I this go a bunch of ways. <laughs> 
I, I, this, this man was um, at the sink to wash his hands in the bathroom, and he got all soaped up and put his hands under the sink, and like it didn't come on, and he was like trying to figure out if there was like a manual button somewhere. He's like getting right up to it, and um, he goes. He kind of turns to me and goes, bro, it must be broken or something along those lines. And he kind of like is on his way walking out. And I go, oh, man, I I don't know. I put my hands under the sink. It immediately works. Why? Skin color? Yeah, yikes. Because he was black. Yeah. And I'm looking at it going. That's brutal. That's a bug. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bad bug. Yep. That's not like. Oops. That's like we literally only ever considered that white skin might go under this sensor. That's brutal. Big yikes, right? And honestly, I see a lot of this in Apple's product development is they just have these complete and utter to the point where it has to be intentional blind spots. Yeah, yeah. I'm what? Doesn't everyone have an iPhone? So this, this, this screen would have come up. And remember, this is a big company, right? Like, it's not like one person, you know, worked on the the updater or like the terms and conditions update flow for this, right? So this would have this would have come up for for many people at some point, and they all would have gone, "Oh, okay, so I can use my iPhone for this." And no one at any point thought, "What if I don't have an iPhone?" That's what happened. So yeah, it's a bug. Yeah, it's probably an accident, but. You still suck. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't that doesn't make it better. Obviously, this is not as bad as that sensor, right? But it also is really bad. Because what if your reason for not being able to have an iPhone is your socioeconomic position? What if you got an Apple TV as a gift and this is just a giant FU for not being able to afford more? That's not cool either. Right? So yeah, not cool. Not cool. Not even a little. Um, yeah, maybe that's why Tim cut Tim Cook's uh, salary got cut. <laughs> Could be it. Um, anywho, I think that was kind of all there was to say about that. Uh, oh, Alex has a note in here though. I really hate that with Apple TV Plus, the service, not the device. Uh, the video quality settings are horrific unless you're watching on an Apple device. Yeah, yeah, like that's the kind of thing, man. Like, why is that necessary? Yeah, back when Apple used to make their keynotes only watchable on Apple devices until after, it's like what you don't want to sell to people who don't already have one. What, like, what kind of next level living up inside your own rectum universe do you exist in? Like, what is your problem? You know, like it's not even. It's not even that they're outside of their their rights to do that. They they can, but they're it, that's just this whole thing to do. Like just why? <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Why would I why would I buy anything from you? Why would I even talk to you? You know? Anyway. Speaking of crazy things to do or alternative things to do wyoming plans to phase out evs weird lots of other places are planning to phase out gas-powered vehicles the wyoming legislature passed a resolution to eliminate all sales of new evs by 2035 
Legislators justified this move based on potential pollution from battery waste ending up in landfills and the importance of Wyoming's oil and gas sector. Beyond that, they say that Wyoming is simply too empty and underpopulated to ever need EVs because there is only limited EV infrastructure consumers should be banned from buying them. State Senator Brian Bonner? Good, good, nice recovery. Good save. <laughs> Brian Bonner, the bill's sponsor, describes it as tongue-in-cheek, but a serious issue that deserves discussion. Okay. Well, it's still a bill. The, the bill is purely symbolic and has no effect on the legal status of... I'm genuinely confused. It's, it's pretty much just a way of... Um... If it bans, it's a, the sale a resolution, of EVs. though. Okay, not a law. So it's like something. So to it's think kind about. of it's kind of like when when a country like uh, creates a resolution that they will, you know, reduce climate change by X amount. So it's a goal. It's, it's a it's a New Year's resolution. It's yes. Got it. Nothing will happen. Nothing will change. Yeah. Okay. Um. <sighs> It was mostly included because it was one of our topics for defending the indefensible. Got it. Um, I don't know. You know what? This is another thing that I've had some really good sort of conversations with Yvonne about where she kind of goes, you know, for her, um, I really like her sort of analysis of how polarization has gotten out of hand because it's a behavior that she's noticed in herself and in me over the years uh, when we will when we'll argue. You know, when we are when we are legitimately taking up two different sides of an issue and she says, yeah, you know, what I have a tendency to do is when I feel like the other side of the argument has gone so far away from the truth, which often lies somewhere in the middle, is that I feel like I need to compensate. You know, it's kind of like how if you've got a, yeah. if you've got a, a parent who's super, uh, you know, angry all the time and, and abusive the other one might feel pressure to try to make up for it. Whereas if both took a more balanced approach, that might actually be healthier for the child. And in the totally. same way, if, if two sides of an issue were to um, attempt to see eye to eye on it rather than uh, be sort of lured into these farther and farther extreme uh, positions we might have a chance of actually having a constructive conversation because the reality of it is that the upcoming avalanche of battery e-waste is a legitimate problem. And how we harvest the minerals required to manufacture them is also like And where super they're deplorable. coming from yeah. is a, is a, like super not okay. is a legitimate problem. Yeah. The defense of the oil and gas sector is absolutely not a, a defensible um, reason for bringing it up, yeah, they're deplorable too. And like, just because you don't like parts of one thing doesn't mean that you need to be 100% aligned with everything on the other side and yada, yada. Yeah. So that's, um, that's yeah, all I have to say about that. Batteries are a huge problem. We used to actually talk about this on WAN show fairly often because I think probably around two years ago, it felt like every few months we'd hear some rumor about a new battery technology. Do you remember this? Yeah. I mean, they're still coming. I mean, my Google News feed is full of them. Coming. Yeah. Yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. 
This this but one's like, good. A thousand miles and blah blah blah, and it'll be perfectly recyclable. Yeah, where is it? The main thing we need is just something that doesn't require the same materials. Like that's the the materials required for current high end batteries is like I like very it. That's problematic. Funny. What current high end batteries? Okay, never mind. I uh, know that's actually pretty good. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. That's that's a it's a huge problem. I mean, that's know? a big part of the argument for hydrogen fuel cells, right? Is that they're supposed to be. Um, well, essentially, they're supposed to just run on water. I, 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 that yeah. energy, blah blah, etc. Yeah. I know, I get it. Um, but we can't, we can't reach an optimal solution if we aren't willing to at least consider the concerns of the other party. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that every concern from the other party is valid. Also fair. Um, and that that makes it but very some challenging. Maybe <laughs> that makes it very challenging, right? Yeah. Um, what is valid? is uh, Google's move to make the Stadia controller usable. Not so dead. Yeah, after after Stadia goes the way of the Dodo. Uh, they released cool. a self-service tool to enable Bluetooth on Stadia controllers. Probably should have just supported it in the first place, but hey, cool. Um, Bluetooth must be enabled before December 31st, 2023. That's weird. Uh, why? <laughs> okay. Um, while Stadia was compatible with most third-party controllers, the rationale for the Stadia controller was that it could connect directly to Google servers via Wi-Fi, reducing latency. Super cool. Uh, but it won't do that anymore. It'll just be Bluetooth, which is, I guess, also fine. I think uh, we can kind of switch over to some merch messages here. Should we do that? Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Uh, I've got one here. Oh, oh, no, that we've already done. Okay. Uh, this one's from Austin. Hey, I just wanted wow, to bring... Austin, Texas? The, the whole state. Uh, hey, I just wanted to bring up that I'm currently working at a fiber-to-home ISP that is bringing 10 gig to residential in California at a reasonable price. Some of my coworkers claim that it's not necessary. Uh, what are your thoughts? It's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah, but I want it. <laughs> what the heck are you going to do with it? have it what are you going to connect what are you going to connect to i I just want it like i actually no i actually think this should have been on the defend the indefensible wheel because it is an indefensible position to say that you could need 10 gig internet at home in this today your poorly secured iot device can just like ddos the world i mean honestly though um like you could okay let's (sighs) let's go through the arguments right so that you could um have lots of people there. Well, realistically, you probably live in a single-family dwelling. You said it's residential, so no, no. Actually, the, the well, it number might of, not be lots of, or it might be lots of people, but it's not going to be like the, the vast majority an of the office building. The vast majority of the services that you connect to, a, will not even have one gigabit of available uplink bandwidth to you. To you. Yeah, and B, especially for things like web browsing, are more likely to be limited by like DNS lookups what, what for? than by the actual transfer speed. Okay, number three, let's say you sail the high seas hard. Okay? <laughs> At that speed... Crashing waves. You are going to be spending... You will not be able to work enough hours to afford the hard drives that you are going to need <laughs> to contain all this data. Everyone so far that's saying that they want it says just because. No one has a reason. Well, I get it. Because when we got a 10 gig connection here, that was why I did it. Yeah, I mean, it's sick. But like, 
Yes, it's complete. Okay, but, but we have a hundred people here now. Didn't so the, yeah, we might actually use a lot of it. Yeah, um, yeah. W- wasn't, finally, wasn't the question. Yeah, yeah the, the 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 thing was claims that it's not necessary. Of course, it's not necessary. Yeah, yeah. Just All put right. it in anyway. Sorry, Austin. Are you guys actually opposed to being tech forward right now? This is a prime. I'm sorry. This is the I like waffles. Then you hate pancakes argument. That is stupid. That is not what we said. <laughs> We said it's not necessary. Yes. Luke and Linus hate the internet. And I'm not saying don't lay the fiber. All we were saying is it's not necessary. By all means, let's let's get ready. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Eventually we'll be able to stream 3D model files into whatever. Who knows? I don't know. Hot take. Yeah. Hot take. We will never need a 10 gigabit home Internet yeah, connection. that is a bad take. Why would anybody? I didn't say it was more? bad. I said it was hot. Okay. It's hot because okay. Can I? Can I? Well, the amount of water are you going to give me a chance here? Out is not very much. Are you going to give me a chance here? We need to have our timed segments. <laughs> can, can I talk? Sure. All right. Okay. What are the primary drivers of bandwidth consumption now? Video. Yeah. I mean, yes. Right. This guy knows. Look at his shirt. Um, yeah. yeah, primary driver of bandwidth. Okay. It's like Netflix and stuff. Right now, we are at 4K, right? 3D, coming back? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> We're at 4K. We are at color depths that, while not... Um, uh, we're at dynamic ranges and color depths that are not uh, maxing out the capabilities of the eye, but we're starting to talk about the capabilities of the eye. Fair enough? Okay. Okay. For resolution, right? We could go further, but at what is considered to be, and even going back to like, you know, the the early days of, of projection theaters, at what is what is a, a, a ratio of your field of vision. Ah, uh, at at what is a ratio of your field of vision that is considered optimal to reduce motion sickness, okay? There is a solid argument to be made that 8K is unnecessary. Can and I, certainly anything beyond it will be triply unnecessary. Can I counterpoint? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. The type of data being consumed may change in the future. You're saying we sure. will never need it? Well, no, I, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that oh, what you okay. said? I am saying we will never need it, but what I'm, what I'm trying to lay out is sort of the, the groundwork for... Sure, but you're only talking about video. And you're talking about 2D frame video on a screen. So far. Okay. But I haven't gotten there yet. All right. Okay. So. We need timers. <laughs> if 8K if 8K is realistically, as far as we're going to get before we have filled up too much of our field of vision and is no longer discernible anyway, then my argument is that we are kind of reaching a point where we can at least see the final destination. Sort of. And that could be two 8K images in stereoscopic 3D through a VR headset or through some kind of holographic, uh, you know, projection system or whatever else it is. You sure should know that it's not just resolution, though. No, no, absolutely. That's part of it. That's not really that strong of an argument. However, however, I mean, we already, we already, again, though, we know what that might look like. So, so we are, we are approaching the limits of what the eye can discern and we're sitting at like the, the highest bitrate Blu-rays or something in the neighborhood of a hundred megabit. So 
if we say, okay, 100 megabit times four is 400 megabit times two is 800 megabit for a stream that is now stereoscopic. And let's, let's throw, let's go to gigabit. Okay, to say, okay, we're going to need, uh, we'll need more color depth than we have today. It might, it might come in bursts when you're buffering and stuff like that, but even that isn't really enough to fill that pipe. Not even close. Yeah. Not even a not significant even, fraction. Not even a little. Now, you could make the argument for a five-user household. Um, all consuming that at once. All consuming that at once. I would counter that point by saying, I pretty much promise you that that experience for at least in our lifetimes is not going to be something that all five of those users are consuming in much the same way that right now you might have five people watching Netflix in the house. I promise you they're not all at 4k. There, that's my argument. Why are they not all at 4k? You just think one of them is on like a yeah, someone's junkier probably, device. Someone's probably on their phone. So not, not every person has like a TV basically has a top top of the line experience is yeah. kind of i'm saying that so you don't I think have five theater rooms the vast majority of households or whatever might have at most one of these this peak tier experience yeah and then you have phones or laptops or computers or whatever else that's my argument um yeah so my thing i think would be new alternate experiences so sure. yes i do think we would have a hard time getting there in in like flat frame video player Sure. type of content um but i i i made like an offhand comment earlier about like streaming 3d models whatever i wasn't describing it very well but that's sort of what i'm talking about sure really really high poly count complicated things being live streamed instead of rendered locally um game stream style to your sure. house in in more complex things that might not exist yet in, re- in regards to how we consume content could start hitting bandwidth levels pretty hard Counter- Do I think it's super likely? Not really. A lot of the market is going towards uh, actually while we're increasing this. Oh, you can get 10 gig to your house. A lot of the market is going towards making it so that Bandwidth less data is being sent out. Yep, that's exactly where I was going to go yeah. to because at the end of the day, the higher, the, 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 the bigger the pipe between the service and the user, the more data was being stored. And as we talked about in and the compute. video... Yeah, in the video we did recently, why YouTube should charge for 4K, um, basically the the trend that we were looking at was the way that storage is not getting cheaper anymore. And you don't the just way that it used like, to. plug Ethernet cables into hard drives either. You need systems to run this data transfer to put things in packages, yeah. send them out, handle all that. Now, we will still get faster compute. We will still get specialized encoders and decoders. Sure. Yeah. Um, but... And that, and, but those will exist to minimize that data storage burden, to minimize that data transmission burden. No service, no company anywhere is looking to just use up more infrastructure. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not happening. Yeah. So that's my argument. I'm saying it now. This might be one of those, I don't see Bitcoin going anywhere <laughs> moments 10 years from now when everyone needs 10 gig to have the best gaming experience. Um, but you, you know what's funny is I might have even made a stronger argument for 10 gig back when, um, back when we were, back when game streaming was in its infancy and we couldn't really see the trajectory of it. As it is now, I, I just, it, it, it's pretty clear 
that to keep latency down, compute has to stay down. Data rates have to stay down. And we are not going to see like, like an uncompressed you know, 4K game stream product. Not, yeah. not in a re- any reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Uh, it's, this is a tangent thing. I just want to say it before I get mobile gnome on the forum and also in Floatplane chat uh, mentioned today is the fifth anniversary of the streak of WAN. So a WAN show never being missed at all. Oh, really? And it is, hey, and it is the team. 123rd episode in a row of Linus and Luke. Nice. Yeah. I, we knew we had a streak. We just weren't we didn't sure. didn't know what it was. Yeah, we didn't know how long it was. So it's over two years then. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm not going to be the one to end it. Me neither. I'm... <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's on vacation right now. No, not today. Oh, not today. Today oh. I was on. Oh, yeah. okay. All yeah, right, yeah. all right. <laughs> it was up until yesterday. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. All right, so he's technically back at work. That's good. Yeah. All right, Dan, hit us. Okay, this one is from Anonymous in the future. Would you create an add-on like Honey, but warns us when we check out trying to buy an item that you have tested with labs to not live up to their claimed expectations? That's a pretty cool idea. Um, I could see... Man, I could see... Uh, third-party websites getting super mad like especially if we got into the business of it like selling those products or whatever else like a competitor basically like warning customers on your website that you shouldn't buy something from them uh, that seems maybe that's even oh, man how would we ugh. i think I, we couldn't do it for segments that we yeah for that we participate in but in ones that we didn't or maybe if we just never did that then that could be a pretty cool alternative business model for it where we basically just go, hey, um, here's a link to add one with our affiliate code, obviously, from this very same site um, that we that we recommend. That's pretty cool. I don't know that Labs is going to want to make such concrete individual product recommendations, though. So that's a challenge. We might be able to suggest possible alternatives, but... Um, we could maybe use the commonly compared against tool. Yeah. Yeah. But like, oh man, especially for so many products are down to personal taste, right? Like I'm headphones are one of the classic ones because that's, uh, one of the, one of the product categories that we're going to be best set up for very early on. You might like imprint on a certain sound signature. Yeah. And then just like, or you might have a weird shaped dome. Yep. And you just like, you know, that one's honestly better for you. So we would always need to be really careful about making a solid recommendation on someone else's website where the return is going to be their liability and not our own, right? So there's like kind of ethical challenges there too. I don't know. We'd have to we'd have to figure out the best way to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey guys, recently just started my first full-time job in networking for a very large group. Kind of been chucked in the deep end. Any advice for dealing with the incredible information overload that comes with starting a new job in an unfamiliar field? Read the docs, man. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go hard. Go hard. That's all I can really say. He said large organization, so hopefully there's docs. Um, If there aren't docs, networking stuff. Wow. If there aren't docs stay there long enough to get good experience and look for a new job. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Stay so long, long enough that it looks good on the resume and not bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Um, or just press a huge amount of importance that you need to make them and be the one to champion the creation of them because Ooh. you you need that. Yeah, that creating systems is almost always a higher position in the uh, in the org chart than just following created systems. Yeah. Almost always. I uh, got a couple of uh, uh, messages in the chat here that I want to um, hi- kind of highlight here. Recon messenger messenger says, speaking of headphones, what headphones are Linus and Luke using? Uh, they're AT uh, something M fifty X's. They suck. They're uncomfortable. Uh, there was this yep. whole trendy thing for a while where everyone was like super hard on for these, and didn't at the time I didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. They were always commodity. Like it, I think the argument was they're like used in recording studios. Yeah, they're used in recording studios because they're basically disposable. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to break them, you don't get the good ones. Yeah. We had a box of these. You just you got musicians. You just throw them at them and they wear them and if you destroy them, then you just give them another ones. Yeah, so someone <laughs> They're also close back, so they're nice and isolating. Like, someone grabbed on to that little like like factoid that these are like used in recording studios completely missed the context had absolutely no idea what headphones are supposed to sound like and was like sick sick yeah Yeah, let's go do they do the no yeah they they, they, yes they they do they're do yeah they're here because Uh, they are cheap and disposable and we needed four pairs for the they're just movies podcast and stuff and they were cheap they're good enough. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the float plane chat from Jake, uh, Luke doesn't put his camera up during our twice a week standups. Uh, we can hear him chewing, but he blames the birds. How would you like to respond to that? I just... It, You've I, been outed, sir. You've everything been called I out. do that's wrong is the bird's fault. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> I, can, I can put it on, Jake. Okay. Jeez. I don't have a dog that I can cuddle like you do in yours. All right. Oh, I love it. Okay. All right, Dan, hit us. Okay, this one's from Ari. Uh, people who say your merch is overpriced have never worn it. Thanks for making nice quality clothes. For my hey. question, what fictional technology do you wish you could review? Oh, fictional man. Fictional technology. This is a, a cool one. How much fun would it be to review like uh, like uh, the, the Star Trek... Uh, Beam, beam me up, whatever those are called, teleporters or whatever. Like, oh, no, 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 the food fabricators. Oh, yeah. That would be, that's the kind of technology that is going to go through a period of like being absolutely horrible. Atrocious. Yeah, it'll oh, have yeah. a short period of being horrible, a long period of being like kind of acceptable, and then they're going to get like really good and things are going to get really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just like you just my, like grind my, up cockroaches into it and it like spits out a burger and you're gonna be like, how did they do this? It's gonna my, be awesome. My brain immediately went to lightsabers. Mm. There's material stuff because like how does the grip feel? And style stuff like that. There's a lot of style involved. Yeah, craftsmanship. But then there's also like crystal choice and like yada 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 yada. yada. I, I just I don't know. My brain immediately went to that. All right, nerds, the lot of ya. Uh, this one's from James. With multiple LMG branches, e.g. labs, would you consider creating a team to investigate shady practices by tech companies? 
For example, Activision's broken anti-cheat that bans innocent players and their lack of response slash appeal process. I mean, I think that in the longer term, we obviously, yeah, we want to cover the industry from every direction that we can. Um, but I don't know that we would have a dedicated team just for shady practices. I think that you can expect to see, um, especially if TalkLinked and Tech Longer see some success, I think you could expect to see us build out that team in order to do more content like that. Um, TechLinked is our news um, I was going to say news group, but it's not a news group. That's a different thing. Uh, but that's kind of our, our news-focused um, group right now. I don't know. I, I don't. It's it's not a top priority on the roadmap. I think the next thing you're going to see from us is a Reacts channel. And the next thing is you're going to see after that are going to be um, more product-focused stuff as we build up the lab. Okay, and now I have a bit of an interesting one here. Um, can you explain the need behind improving Wancho? One big draw for me was Wancho was the lack of gimmicks, gimmicky slapstick nonsense like the spinning wheel. I'd love to understand your thoughts driving it. <laughs> I thought this was pretty, pretty mean, but also probably quite an interesting discussion. I spoke with a few of the other team members yesterday, and um, it's kind of kind of nice. What? You spoke with a few of the other team members yesterday and it was kind of nice? Yeah, hearing Linus's maybe thoughts behind improving uh, Oh, okay. The Wan uh, Show. That's stance for a long time has been don't touch it, um, including with the thumbnails for the Wan Show being kind of generally extremely old age YouTube and they've like never grown or gotten better. And people have offered to like, hey, maybe we should make better thumbnails for it. And it's always just been like, no. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by the change. I'm surprised that you're saying that you like that the show has never been like gimmicky or jank. Cause I think that's all the show has ever been. Um, I guess not technically gimmicks in this form, but like it's never been professional. It's a little gimmicky, I guess. Sure. It's not slapstick though. And it creates yeah. very interesting well, discussions. Is the show in general, not just kind of slapsticky? We've no, made slapstick. That has a kind of specific definition. Does it? I yeah. genuinely don't know what it is, I guess. Um, I thought it was just like... Like slapstick would be like visual gags and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and this okay. is this would be a gimmick. That is a bit. Um, for sure. I, I'm just, I'm in listening mode right now, though. I mean... I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll give my two cents, but... I feel like we've been on a very good arc for a while. Um, I think the beginning of that arc was probably the beginning of merch messages. I don't know how it happened, but the show as a whole changed, not just the inclusion of merch messages. It's really long now, so that's interesting. Um, There's no shortage of content. I think that's a big part of it. Because of merch messages, yeah. to be completely honest. Yeah, it, you guys make the show what it is. Because like the same thing happened to WAN Show that happened to LTT, where when, when Linus and I first started way back in the day, there was too much stuff to cover. So we just covered the things that showed up at the door, and there was always enough content. And then over time, the amount of things that showed up at the door reduced because the frenzy of tech being in a relatively early stage kind of stopped and then it happened with phones and then that fell off uh and then it started becoming a situation where like okay well there isn't enough new stuff to cover so we have to create new content 
So we started creating shows and we started creating different content types and experiments and whatever else. Building things that were more dependent on the personality rather than the product that we're covering. Yeah. So that changed over time. Similar thing happened to WAN Show where there used to be just this infinite pool of tech news that we could cover and we would just grab the best parts of it. And over time, it got to the point where it's like, wow, there's really not a lot to talk about this week. How do we make this interesting? And we just started going off the rail more. Uh, And then with merch messages, you guys kind of throw us off the rail, which I think is even more interesting. Um, So I think we've been on a good track. I don't see necessarily the need to change things when we've been on probably the best track that we've been on for a while. Um, But I didn't mind the wheel. I thought it was interesting. Um, I think the wheel can't be an every week thing. No, it wouldn't be. Because it depends on there being topics that make sense to be on the wheel, and it depends on there being enough of them. Um, But I I don't see anything against it. I don't think working to make something better is a bad thing. So, yeah. Okay, so I'll... um Thank you for having my, I've typed up some of my things. That was sort of where I was going to land on. Uh, But I'll I'll tell you some of the other things. So um, I can tell you right now, the reason we've not changed WAN show in the past is not because we haven't had ideas for how to make it better. It's because um, I'm I'm cheap um, and WAN show is the lowest possible priority thing to spend money on in the entire company. WAN show is literally at the very bottom of the totem pole. I would rather I would rather pay for cleaning services for the year for every employee of the company than hire someone who's dedicated to WAN show. That has happened. That yep. happened. Yeah. Um traditionally. <laughs> I, I'm 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 trying to explain what my position has been on WAN show. WAN show was WAN show came about as a necessary evil. Uh, like filler. It killed It killed two birds with one stone. Uh, bird number one was it gave us some kind of foothold into live, which at the time, it wasn't clear to me uh, how that was going to evolve um, and how meaningful it was going to be. But um, it was a trend and it was something that was not going away and we needed some kind of presence in, in live. And I was like, okay, well, the easiest lowest hanging fruit at a time in my life when I have an infant child and a fledgling company is Q&A. So that's how it starts. And then from Q&A, well, people just started asking about what's going on in the tech world. So it's not that much of a leap to go from just trying to preemptively answer the questions that you would have had, which is what's my take on X, Y, or Z in the tech world, right? Um, so WAN show um, serves that purpose. And then the second purpose it served was it was killing us trying to upload seven LTTs a week. So we made WAN show to fill one of those upload slots. Um, and it was because it was live and because we branded it as a podcast, um, it was easy to sell to sponsors for, if not the same rates, at least a close enough rate uh, compared to what we could charge for LTT videos that we could afford to um, to not do an LTT video that day at only the cost of about an hour and a half of each mine in Luke's time, uh, which so it was it was a very it was a very calculated move uh, the creation of WAN Show. As for why it was a low priority to improve it, um, well, it's because 
WAN show morphed into the one way that we can really engage with the community and um, kind of touch base with you guys on a weekly basis. And to serve that purpose, WAN show doesn't need a fancy set. Yeah. It doesn't need better lights. It doesn't need 4K cameras. It doesn't need really anything. And um, we are not going to be more <laughs> professional on yeah. the show. So making the show more professional doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense and could even contribute to making it seem less genuine. So I have this thing that has kind of this ceiling for how much we can charge for it from a sponsorship standpoint. So from like a business point of view, I can invest more in it. I will not get a return on it. Um, and then from a personal point of view, I was just like, I don't know, Wan Show's fun. Yeah. And it's fun the way it is. Yep. Um, however, there are a few things that have prompted this uh, this recent change. So first of all, I want to make it clear that our new Wan Show writer, I guess I'll call it a writing position, our new Wan Show writer's primary raison d'etre is not to create gimmicky nonsense. Um, the their, their primary purpose is is to make sure that the stories we have for the week are better fleshed out and more accurate. I think we are reaching the point where there's just no excuse for us to get details wrong. And honestly, I think it's fair to say that the quality of, while the titles might still be kind of inflammatory, the quality of the, uh, of the way the topics are written out is better than what we've had in the past. Is that... Yep, I, I think it's I think it's been pretty balanced. I think there's some areas where there could be some improvement, but realistically, this is the first week of actually preparing the doc for us. So, uh, great job. Um, as for why I do want part of their job to be, you know, gimmicks and segments and stuff like that, well, because I think they're fun. Um, there's nothing wrong with trying new things, like Luke said, and uh, a big part of the inspiration for these segments is the success of the merch messages segment. You guys might not have realized it, but we totally created this gimmicky way to interact with the show that has actually ended up making the show, A, more fun for us. Like, I never would have even wanted to do a three-hour WAN show before, but now I kind of enjoy it. Um, like, at a certain point, I'm like, I'm hungry now, and I kind of have to pee, but like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, get really long. <laughs> Like, there's a limit, right? But, but, I, but I enjoy it more, and that's why the show is longer. Um, and I know you guys enjoy it more because I can see it in the analytics, so it's working for both of us. So let's do it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try stuff. And sometimes it'll land and sometimes it'll be crap. And we won't do it again. <laughs> Hit me, Dan. Okay. Excellent. This is from Denver. Uh, really? I'm, yeah. The whole city. There's another one. It's the, the best city in, in Denver. Uh, I need... <laughs> I need 10 gig for 321 backups. Oh, you don't I, need it. I want 4K 3D and want to move past the draconian 30 and 60 hertz paradigm. That's Wait, not you say draconian. I want 4K 3D? 4K 3D, uh, 120,000 hertz. Okay, but you can want it, but that doesn't make it exist. If, if you're going to watch that one video, um, oh, you, on. you could just download it. My home internet is 40 gig. Uh, and other than transceivers, fiber is fiber. Be it one gig, ten gig, even a hundred gig. Yes, but I never opposed building out fiber. I said you don't need a ten gig. I don't know why this is so hard for people. <laughs> but the thing we were talking about 
was if it was necessary for the user to have 10 gig in the home. And I would also make the argument that if you are 321 backing up something with that kind of um, data requirements on a daily basis. Sounds like a business. That sounds like it is not home use. Yeah. So while you are technically in a resi- at a residential address, I, would, I am going to stand by my original statement. I'm going to say you are not a home user. There. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about if it was necessary. There, there's a bunch of uh, which has to come first type of questions with this type of stuff where like if you wanted to build a service that needs those types of bandwidth requirements, well, no company's going to do that if no one is able to receive that type of data. So like we would need home users to be able to have things like 10 gig in place. The, the plans would need to be available um, so that uh, a company could make something that uh, actually uses that whole pipe, right? So, like, it's not a bad thing to do. It's just for the user, it's not necessary right now. That's all. Okay, here's one from James. Hi, Linus. I would like to go to LTX, but my wife is giving birth to our firstborn. My in- wife. My wife. I forgot he was going to do that. To our firstborn in late March. Do you have any tips for traveling with a newborn, and should I take oh. my four-month son to LTX? No. No. You would have to drive 14 hours to get to LTX. Just don't. I traveled with a newborn a couple times, and it sucked every time. No one had fun. Um, Come come later. I'll see you next year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Uh, I wish I did have uh, some tips for you. We're into potentials now. Okay, right. Um, Whoop. Sorry, there's so many. I might have to just do these then. Because if I have to read them anyway, then... Um, okay, Anonymous says, When you play Beat Saber, do you feel that external tracking, like with the Valve Index, works better than internal tracking, like with the Quest 2? My Saber sometimes float away from my hand in the Quest 2. So there are always going to be technical limitations when it comes to occlusion, which is uh, when your sensor and your object are occluded that is there's an object between them of some sort Uh, you can make up a lot of ground with really accurate accelerometers and gyroscopes like valve valve excuse me um meta uh, does build into their controllers but those are inherently going to drift they 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 do they must they will um so there's that you're always going to need to kind of snap them back to reality there goes gravity you know um every once in a while like 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 really a lot um external trackers especially for full body tracking i mean i I think they will always have an advantage whether that advantage is enough to justify the additional cost and space and wiring requirements uh, maybe not maybe the next valve headset is going to make me regret drilling a bunch of holes in my rec room um to put up lighthouses but um, yeah, so for full body tracking, it's not really an option for me to use inside out for now because I have a sensor on my waist, sensors on my feet, sensors on my hands and sensors on my head from a headset. You're just not going to be able to see them all and, and maintain the uh, natural movement for my avatar. But if I was not doing full body tracking, then yeah, I think an array could be built. That's good enough. Um, even if the current stuff is not quite there yet, especially at the consumer level. Um, okay, got another one. Hey, Linus and Luke. I usually watch the WAN show on Saturday mornings and wanted to thank you for the content. Uh, what's your favorite dad joke? 
I, I think the best dad jokes aren't like fixed. I think they're just constant puns. Yeah, it's got to be people. Well, I mean, actually, the social team asked me to tell a dad joke for for a float plane exclusive. And I was like, you don't you don't come up with it on the spot. Yeah, like yeah. I I constantly am telling dad jokes. But it's because that's my what, that's what like makes it a dad joke. Yeah, my almost. brain's just actually wired that way. I have heard people that have like recitable dad jokes, but I don't think that's very common. I think most of them are just play on words. Yeah, and what's funny about them is the way that you've gone and interpreted something that that person said 45 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. And and like the ah, oh, I knew it was going to be something that just happened, but I would not have gone there with it, you know? Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have something. I gotta, I gotta address something in chat because people still don't understand and that's okay, but I gotta address it. Uh, what about when a game is a one terabyte download? What about when it is? Download it. If the game server is still incapable of actually sending you what your pipe is capable of receiving, then it's irrelevant. And are they going to send you... 10 gigs a second to Remember, just you? Yeah, not just you. To everyone, everyone who has a connection like that. Good luck. Uh, ever? Maybe. Foreseeable future? Near future? Near future? I seriously doubt it. Yeah, but I want it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You can want it. We're talking about is it necessary? No. Okay, cool. Moving forward. James asks, Linus, do you code? Uh, the answer is no. Hmm. Sorry. I just never, I never learned. And realistically, I'm at a point in my life running the company with the kids, blah, 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 where if I was going to pick up something, it'd probably be like a musical instrument or something at this point. Like, I just, I don't think that would be my next endeavor. I think I I would probably want to learn enough to be dangerous, like uh, just, you know, simple things like scripting. But then with ChatGPT being as powerful as it is, I mean, yeah, I guess I'd like to know enough to be able to, like, proofread, like, a chat script. I was just going to say, I think right now, well, okay, not right now. I think in the near future, a more usable goal would be able to understand yeah. being able to try to... To read it even if I can't write it. And, and debug things. Sure. Or at least, th- this is why I'm I'm tripping right now, is I don't necessarily think that you should be able to fix it, but I think you should be able to understand why it's not working so that you can ask ChatGPT to fix it. Yeah. Uh, because I've had code outputs from ChatGPT that I've been like, oh, it's getting this error, and I think it's because of this. Can you fix that? And it'll be like, yep, and it'll actually do it. So like that doesn't really require a lot. Sure. And as long as you were familiar with the tools and stuff and could get it to do that, then you'd be fine. And I think there's a certain amount of like human nature that leads us to kind of take the easiest solution to a problem. And for me, the easiest solution to a coding problem is to go to one of the over a dozen um, like professional capable programmers that I have at my disposal now and say, hey, can you help me with this? Yeah. Um, like learning... That's a dangerous thing. And I think that's where a lot of the kind of the stereotypical dumb know-nothing executive kind of comes from is that when it's so much faster and your time is so so pressed, um, 
when it's so much faster, easier, and more efficient. It's not efficient for you to learn things. It's not efficient to learn. Yeah. Learning is super inefficient. The good news for me is I get bored and I get frustrated and like depressed when I'm not learning things. So I'm just, I'm sort of self-motivated to keep doing it. But if I wasn't, if I didn't just have a joy of learning, I feel like I'd already just be like kind of useless, you know? Like I... There, like, there is no reason for me to know anything about how cameras operate. There is always someone to do it for me. However, when the pandemic shutdown came along, what I discovered was that just because I, I tend to be naturally curious, I had actually absorbed enough that is it as good as our people who do it every day, all day? No, of course not. And I'm not going to pretend it is. But it was, did the channel survive? Did we miss an think so all right so clearly i managed to i managed to gain a serviceable enough knowledge that i was able to set it up myself um and so i don't remember what the question was no i'm not going to learn to code uh because that's um it's something that i have almost no need to interact with on a daily basis whereas like cameras i i, I really do even if i'm usually on this side of them and they're usually on the other side of them Uh, the next one is for me. It says, question for Luke. What is your biggest struggle as a new dev after graduation? I'm coming up on two years after school, and I'm struggling to find motivation to pursue learning slash projects on my own time due to life obligations. Uh, well, interesting question for me because, A, I didn't graduate, and B, um, <laughs> Boom, uh, after school, I was immediately doing things that had nothing to do with software development at all, um, and also while I was in school. I was doing a lot of things that had nothing to do with software development at all. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it doesn't sound like your problem is necessarily finding work or working. It sounds like your problem is finding motivation to pursue learn learning and projects on your own time. And or work-life balance. And or work-life balance. That is a totally separate question. Motivation is an interesting thing in its own right. Um, I don't find motivation to be in my own personal experience and you're asking me, so I'm going to answer it this way. Um, and I don't know if this is legit for everyone. I don't know. I don't find motivation in what most people see from that or take from that word to be super useful to me personally. Hmm. I find dedication or discipline to be super useful to me personally. Motivation seems like a, a, a kind of a cop out, a burst thing. Right. And something that's only useful for a short period of time. Like you can just hope that you'll have it. Whereas if dedication is something you can control. Yeah. So like, you, I, see, I can see that you need to uh, employ like discipline or something to make yourself do those things if those are things that you need to do big if you might not need to you might just be able to go to work do your job go home and not do these types of things um, you don't have to I know it's very popular in the space and I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be super clear but you don't have to do that stuff outside of work you don't need homework you're now graduated you could go to work do your job go home and not do it anymore um, but if, if you feel like you should, or if you want to, for career advancement reasons or whatever, I would use what motivation you do have to set up a situation, uh, where you're able to use something, um, like determination, discipline, um, those types of things to actually get that stuff done. Um, that's it. I've, I've kind of addressed this topic on Wan Show before. And I hope I did it better this time. Um, 
But yeah, like if you need to get something done, motivation is not the right thing, in my opinion, to look towards because it's it's uh, it's a resource that definitely depletes, and you need to find more rigid things to be able to lean on, or at least I do. Again, they asked me. So. Delta Bruggeman says, here's what ChatGPT had to say regarding 10 gigabit oh, per second exciting. internet. I was hoping someone would do this. First, it would enable multiple users in the household to engage in high bandwidth activities simultaneously, such as streaming, 4K video, gaming, and teleconferencing without any lag or buffering. Second, it would enable faster download and upload speeds, which would be beneficial for tasks such as working from home, online learning, and remote backups. Therefore, it would be necessary. Therefore, it would be necessary. And ChatGPT can be confidently wrong. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's a, all we managed to prove there. I'm afraid that's a one out of ten there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nicholas B. I watched Pure Living for Life's video on their horrifying cyberbullying story. How can you to be an engaging, relatable, and successful YouTuber while keeping your life private for from your community? I mean, I think that it wears on a lot of YouTubers. Um, I think that. It can kind of that can kind of that pressure can kind of manifest in a lot of ways. You see ones that are like neurotic about maintaining their their privacy. Um, like I know I know of one that either did or does uh, keep their face private. That literally would not leave their house. Like I spoke to this person and they had not left their house more than maybe twice in the last six months because they had a highly recognizable voice and were so concerned about maintaining that secrecy that they they, they became essentially a shut-in. Yeah. Um, and then you've got people that are, you know, put their entire lives online, you know, their themselves, their parents, their kids, their, you know, their, their pregnancies, their births, their deaths, their, you know, whatever else, right? And they just kind of, uh, they just kind of, embrace it um i think that i think that both ways eventually burn you out and everything in between eventually burns you out and um you have to learn to kind of find a balance between sticking up for yourself um letting things roll off your back um like being sad sometimes getting mad learning to kind of get over that um yeah it's tough i don't know i mean like to be clear one of the things that i remind myself constantly is like i chose this i could turn it off tomorrow i mean how how famous would i be in a year if i didn't upload a single video for a year (laughs) not very like i i'm not famous famous i'm internet famous niche famous right like it's i went through this and i was still on wancho every week yeah, the amount that I would get recognized walking around like plummeted really fast when I wasn't just constantly in videos. Yeah, yeah. So like that's the thing is uh, there's that constant reminder that's um, for me that's like yeah I I could end this, and that's encouraging. Um, Alexander says, Hey, excited about the Henley shirt and screwdriver. Thanks for being transparent about your products and how the company works. How do you guys come up with new products to work towards slash develop to sell an LTT store? I mean, sometimes it's just like, uh, I was looking through, uh, pictures of, um, like computer stuff in my, in my gallery, 
uh, like in my my photo archive for an upcoming uh, Linus or, or Linus's team reacts to Linus's old computers. By the way, you should almost certainly be one of the reactors because you haven't seen most of the janky stuff I've done. I'm super down. Yeah. Um, anywho, I came across an image of um, one of my daughters. Uh, oh, here. Can I borrow that for a sec? Okay. You know how uh, these pillows often have a strap? I came across an image of one of my daughters uh, while people were playing VR in the background wearing one of these like a VR headset. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, we should do a VR headset plushie. <laughs> so we're going to do that now. That's funny. So sometimes it's just like a flash of inspiration like that. Sometimes it's my ongoing... <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, oh, no, tell me something. Should it have plushie wands or no? I don't think so. Oh, but it's kind of like that. Yeah, mm. what if I kind of what if you want to kind of pose it on a shelf? Would you have the plushy wands next to it? Yeah, actually I think so. I was when I said no, I was thinking about it more as a pillow. Sure. And I was like I feel like that'd be a No, it's not a pillow, it's, it's wearable. More yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah. it's a it's kind of a Then I feel like cuz yeah, you'd hold the wands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so anyway, uh and then sometimes I'm just like really frustrated by the existing solution and I want a better one. Like, I was so tired of the stupid snap-on bit storage. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, <laughs> there must be a better way. This is ridiculous. I want a new backpack. <laughs> I did want a new backpack. I know, I know. <laughs> I wanted a new backpack. That one actually was really championed by Bridget, though. Because, like, I wanted a new backpack, and I was, like, willing to pay for a new backpack. Like, the, the whole development of a new backpack. Um, but I didn't have the confidence that we could that we could make it happen. And she was like, look, <laughs> let me try. I'm like, okay, it's your funeral. <laughs> she was like super new at the time. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, you can waste your time. But like, I'd really rather you were working on these things that have like a clear, a clear path to a great ROI. And then Backpack has outperformed probably everything else she ever did combined. <laughs> which, which is, not, I'm not saying that those other things were bad. I'm just no. saying she was clear. She made the it's right call. Good, yeah, yeah. good risk. <laughs> um, Christian says, Luke, since you play Tarkov and Elder Scrolls, have you looked at Dark and Darker? Yeah, uh, I haven't had enough time to jump into like the play tests and whatever else they've done recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you kind of nailed it. The the internet sphere of knowledge about me figured out that that would probably make sense for me and has just sent a deluge of information about it at me just various videos and google news things and whatever else have all hit my feeds um so i'm aware of it and uh i'm sure i'll try it out at some point but i haven't tried it out yet looks really interesting it's it's it, it i suspect it's gonna be one of those games that are just like perpetually in in beta um, but I hope that it hits a stable release or a stable playable state at some point at the very least. Cause I know right now it's like kind of sometimes available and sometimes not. I don't know. Yeah. Gregory asks, Hey Linus, will the lab have an API with clear rules, uh, that will allow us to make our own Chrome plugins? Uh, I mean, it really depends on what you would expect your Chrome plugins to do. No third party, whatever. Um, I, I, I'm, That's I'm a reference to earlier in the show. Yeah. I'm legitimately just not exactly sure what a third party, uh, plugin would do. Like, I mean that shopping comparison no. one, I, yeah, it could be third party. Um, I don't know. Unless we API access for like a data set is like yeah, a paid money. feature. Yeah. Um, from my point of view, like if you are an individual user interacting with a website, to learn about you know, 
products or help you build a computer or whatever else. Um, I'm of the mind that that should uh, should be basically free. Um, we can give you a big solid maybe. Yeah, advertisements, uh, maybe, you know, affiliates, almost certainly. Like there are ways we're going to monetize that kind of interaction. But I don't, I don't want us to basically just go... You know, oh, you who needs to build a computer once every five years, we expect you to pay a monthly subscription. Like, I, I, I just don't really, I, that doesn't seem like a viable um, way of engaging with, with users. Um, whereas if you are, yeah, if you're, if you're building it like some kind of comparison engine tool that integrates into Amazon, like, I mean, I, I don't think anyone would even expect that kind of, access to the database to be free so i i don't know i don't know what this is going to look like yeah solid maybe uh last one. Oh, there's two um caleb asks have you considered adding a gym for employees to use we technically have one it doesn't have equipment in it uh that could yeah. change that'd be great um basically what i was kind of thinking is when the real badminton center opens there would be no reason to have like a badminton court in the gym. So I was kind of thinking of just like shoving some equipment in it. I'm deeply concerned about liability though. Liability is a big problem because I have no way of supervising and knowing if people are using it properly. And if someone like, like, you know, breaks their knee the wrong way or whatever else in it, I, I, there's, there's no first aid attendant. There's no, um, so it's possible it won't happen. There are, there have to be ways because there are 24 hour fitness centers where you just like badge into them and there's nobody working there at the time. But I don't know what the way is. The way might be that they're just rolling the dice. Could be. Sometimes that actually is the answer. Could be. Yeah. So I hope I it's know. not because this sounds amazing and I would personally love it and use it all the time. Um, but like I use it as it is every week. Liability like, is terrifying. But a lot of the stuff that I, I am yeah, doing lately, not everyone could. You'd need equipment. I get it. Yeah. Um, and you would need equipment that would be sketchy from a liability standpoint. <laughs> and even if I went with someone, cause it's like something I would want to do with a spotter or whatever, they're not in a, uh, they're not going to be like hired by your gym to be responsible for whatever. So like there's still liability. It doesn't help the liability problems no. at all, actually. Yeah. Um, so you know what? I think a, I'm kind of talked out of it. No, no, it's not happening. Sorry. Uh, we'll make that a, a maybe. So thanks for tuning into the <laughs> WAN show. We'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. <laughs> Bye. I'm running to the bathroom. I'm dead. Oh my god, my legs are like a Yeah, how long was this show? Four hours. Four hours. Four hours. We're at, okay, all right. Three hours, 52 minutes. Uh, this show is brought to you by Thorium, Audible, and Bessie. I'm sorry, Lance. Thanks, uh, God, yeah. In the bathroom. Four hours, 52 Thorum. minutes. Thorum, not Thorium. Thorum. Thorum. I'm sorry, Thorum. I'll say your name again, Thorum. Uh, 52 minutes, 15 seconds. I'm Beautiful, kill beautiful ring, genuinely. Like-